morning, everybody. This is a surprise Twitch episode as uh, Kyle and I are dealing with a blizzard. This is the Sports Cave. Normally, we have a pre-recorded episode out today on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get all your podcasts. But uh, a lot of things happened yesterday in preparations for the storm, and I had to go help out the basketball league in which I coach in. We didn't have the time yesterday, but here we are today. Myself, your host, Robbie Clark, along with my host, Cog Lily, and back for the second time from Toronto, Canada, is the one and the only, our hockey analyst, Zach Roden. You know, it's, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to is be it, back. Is it, though? Yeah, I mean, no, to be honest, it's, it's not. But. <laughs> well, I, I have a question for you. How long do you think you could possibly make this episode until your 1996 laptop just crashes? Uh, we it's plugged in. We got full battery, so I think we got at least an hour. I mean, that's about an pushing hour. our luck, but we'll see what happens. Well, everything's working pretty damn well on Twitch right now, which is a damn good thing. So if anybody here uh, in Connecticut that's dealing with this blizzard outside, which uh, how many inches do you think you got, Kyle? I'm going to presume I got probably seven to eight right now. Uh, I'd say three to five right now. <clears throat> and you guys are calling that a blizzard? Oh, well, it's supposed to, it, well, it is supposed to be worse, though. It's supposed to be like because I got uh, I got about three to four feet in some <laughs> spots outside my house right now. Well, you live in Canada. Mm, I mean, that's, that, that's a different story. But anyways, I mean, uh, they, they went through like five or six different models. They went like with the American, the European. I think they went with your guys' models. They went with like so many different models and still couldn't figure it out until yesterday. If I confirmed like, oh, it's going to be a Nor'easter. But the um, the shoreline of Connecticut is apparently going to get hit the worst. I mean, we got winds are high up there and all that. Hopefully I don't lose power. Knock on wood. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's the situation we're at right now, Zachary. Yeah, I guess that's the uh, well. Good luck with your blizzard. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> speaking of situations, this is where this is where we let our hockey expert, <clears throat> biggest hockey fan that I know. He's the reason why I am a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, Zachary. Um, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. The last time I watched the Maple Leafs uh, was when they faced the Rangers. I believe it was this week or last week. Yeah, that wasn't uh, when they lost. I think it was. They were three. up, what, 3 1, 3 2, and then the fourth quarter just absolutely what what the hell what the hell did you just say fourth quarter or excuse me the third period whatever all right i forgot (laughs) hockey's periods you know 20 minutes of playing 20 minutes to clean the ice 20 minutes of playing those are long intermissions you gotta do it you gotta fix that ice up it's gonna be chewed right up well yeah with the way these people go crazy but but, uh, at least you know they're they're still right up there i think they're the problem with the Leafs, too, is their division. Like, their division is insane. They have Florida, Tampa, Boston. Florida and Tampa are – Florida's first in the league. Tampa's third in the league. And they're both in our division. So, for the Leafs to have any sort of success, I think they have to somehow finish first in this division. Otherwise, they're going to have an insanely hard matchup in the first round. And I don't know if my heart can take another first-round exit. The only the only thing I got out of last year was, hey, at least we lost the team that made to the Stanley Cup, although they got absolutely obliterated by the lightning. No, that I I still could not believe that Montreal. Did you see Montreal this year? They're horrible. Literally dead last in the NHL right now. 
Yeah, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, they are so bad. You know, my buddy Clinton at work was asking like a ton of questions, and I hope he listens to this episode. I linked him on to uh, our Spotify. He may be the second like highest person I know that like pays crazy attention to hockey. And um, one of the things that he asked was a trade that could potentially happen. Um, son, highly regarded around hockey. I wish I knew the names of everybody in hockey because there's been a lot. But one thing I did want to ask you was the trade the Sabres made with the uh, the Golden Knights earlier this year, where they trade, I believe, is their number two overall pick, Jack Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, and you yeah. said he's anticipate to make his return fairly yeah, sometime, soon. Sometime in February, he's supposed to supposed to come back. And I mean, that honestly, like when he comes back into that Vegas lineup, that team is terrifying. Yeah, like they are so offensively. That, that that was going to be my next question is. How big of a threat are they to potentially make another run for the Stanley Cup? Like oh, they did their first year. They easily could. But the other thing is there's there's this is the first time in, that I've been watching hockey where there's legitimately 10 teams that could win the Stanley Cup this year. Like there are that many good. And so it's, if it's you had to name 10, if you had need 10, I'm assuming you're going to go with. The Maple Leafs. Yeah. The Rangers. Yeah, they'd be the, in there. The Golden Knights. Yeah. Bruins. I mean, Bruins could, but they, I mean, they're, they didn't look very good at the beginning of the season, but lately their, their power play has been insane. Marshan, Pasternak, Bergeron, you can never count them out. So if they can figure out the goaltending, then yeah, they could easily. Kyle, feel free to step too. in whenever you want. You know, we're talking about your Bruins here. What do you think about the Bruins? Like how often have you been watching Bruins this year? Well, pretty often. I mean, and Zach's not wrong. It, with Tuca coming back, if he could be the normal Tuca, who is probably one of the better goaltenders in the league, then yeah, they can. Yeah. Try, but I think also they still need to fix something with their defensemen because they got solid pieces. You got McAvoy, Carlo. You, I feel like if you got like one more, then I feel like you could really share it, share it up. If you got one more defenseman and more sure-handed goaltending, they could always make a run. But like Zach said, there's millions of teams that could win the Stanley yeah. Cup. It's not just the one high horse and then everyone else, you know, a tier below them. I mean, we got uh, from 10 teams. I mean, who else? The Florida Panthers, the yeah, Carolina Hurricanes, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tampa, Nashville, their goaltending, their defense core is insane. Like there's St. Louis is another great team. Like there's so many good teams this year. Colorado, Colorado. Exactly. Not even, not even, I don't even say the best one, Colorado. That's a team that I think that is going to probably come out of the West this year, if they can stay healthy, <clears throat> which um, is proving not to be true because Nathan McKinnon went down again with an injury. You're at the Taylor, Taylor Hall, broken nose and concussion. Getting his face. Did you see his nose after? His nose was literally like it was underneath one of his eyes. That's how far over it was. I, I, didn't, see, I didn't see how it looked after, but when I saw, saw the quick replay of it, it looked like, like Taylor Hall hit a stick and then that hit yeah, his and the, nose. The stick, the stick was yeah. what made contact. So the, the hit was actually like it was a really clean hit. That's why there was no no suspension, no hearing, anything like that. So, but uh, yeah, he goes down again. He'll probably miss. I think they said three games minimum. So, <laughs> yeah, because you know hockey players, that's three games for that happens in the NBA. They're out two months. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably hockey wanted to come are, back. They're just like, no, you can't play right now. Yeah, hockey if he, if players he, the toughest players in sports. If he didn't have a if he didn't have a concussion, I bet you he probably would have tried to play, put a face mask on or something. Hockey's definitely up there for toughest but sports, he also Kyle, had, no doubt, but you got to take consideration, too, of rugby. 
Okay, well, rugby guys are just not, they're not human. They're just, they're mental cases. <laughs> fair. fair. Very fair. No equipment um, on. You're just going to tackle a 250 pound man full of muscle. I could do it. I don't think you could. No, I couldn't <laughs> get run over. Oh, definitely. I would get trucked. But um, we were talking yesterday about the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yeah. You're saying that they got to do something to get a better goalie. Uh, in they, yeah, their their goaltending is horrendous. Like it's not even bad; it is horrendous. I could score on their goaltending. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they have a negative goal differential. Yeah, I mean it's well, negative it, too. Take so that for what it's worth. But they started off. I can't remember what their record was when they started off, but they were like twelve and two or something like that. Like they and didn't McDavid miss part of the year in the beginning. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's I been thought there. he missed some time. He's been there. Oh yeah, I think he's been there the whole time. Um, and then all of a sudden, like they, they're awful now. But like, they cannot string together any sort of wins. Their their record in the last is like way below five hundred in the last probably twenty games. They've dropped yeah. out of a playoff spot now. I'm I think as of now, I think Toronto is the only Canadian team that's in a playoff spot. Now, um. When we were talking yesterday, um, while I was at work, um, it was like a <laughs> message relay. You're talking right in my AirPods, and I got my buddy Clinton talking on the other side. Some was brought up between the three of us, and that's the potential of should Connor McDavid request a trade. Now, Clinton made a great point um, about that. He thinks that the Oilers are going to hold on to him for as long as they can because he thinks that when they let go of Wayne Gretzky for basically a bag of peanuts, as he put it, he, he thinks that they're going to be too scared to do something incorrect to Connor McDavid. Like they did with Wayne Gretzky back in the days when they trained him to the Kings. Do you agree with him on that? Do you think that um, even if he does request a trade, they're going to hold on to him for as long as they possibly can. Well, I mean, it's like, it's such a different time with trades too, right? Especially with like all the social media stuff going on. Like, uh, I, I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, then he has like, – I mean, why, why would he want to stay with that team? He's now – he'll be 25 or 26, I think 25 next year. Like that's – you're getting out into the primary years. You're playing for an organization that has, for the last five, six years, has not done anything to put pieces together to help you. Like their goal – as I'm bringing back up their goaltending, like the fact that they still have Koskinen as their starter is just insane to me. So, I mean, they – if I was the GM of Edmonton, I'd feel a lot of pressure this year to make playoffs. Kyle, your thoughts? Well, because I want to – I was going to mention this. Robbie, did you ever see the 30 – I believe it was a 30 for 30 they did on when they traded Wayne Gretzky? I did not. And, like, the backlash? <clears throat> you need to see it because if you see that, that'd be magnified tenfold. They were getting destroyed for trading that guy. Wayne Gretzky didn't want to leave yeah. Edmonton. And it was literally it was up until right when that press conference started that they even asked him, we were like, if you don't want to do this, we'll call it off. But he went over and it would be that, just worse. But I mean they have to. When you have McDavid, what, the best player in the league, the top two, whatever, and then Dry Sidle's not too far behind them. Yeah. And you're not doing anything, you're twenty one and sixteen and two. I mean, that's you have a problem. Because with those pieces alone, yeah, like hockey's semi like basketball in terms of you can have a star carry you to an extent, even a great duo. 
But in hockey, when you have the those two high level players, you should be one of the you know better teams in the league. Exactly. And and they're terrible. Especially you start off with what Zach you said, what twelve and two, and now you're twenty one and six. Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty and six. Yeah. That's absolutely brutal. But they got to do something because otherwise, why waste a prime McDavid? Or at least starting to get into his prime, which well, is where, scary. Where could they possibly get? Where could they possibly get a? I wouldn't say significant upgrade because what you're saying, Zach, is that oh, no, this, were, this this goalie that they have right now probably belongs in the minor leagues or maybe out of like they, not he even. He could be a good. He could be a good backup. I'm. I know for a fact that I'm actually. I think Edmonton could try to make a push for Mark Andre Fleury. Really. I think That'd he's be at good. the end. I think he's at the end of his contract this year, so he could be a little rental piece for him, whatever. And then he's near the end of his he's near the end of his career, so he's not going to ask for six, seven million dollars. I wouldn't think anyways next year. I think that's what he's making this year. But he's playing for a crappy team, Chicago. I mean, if he goes to, I mean, once once Edmonton gets some sort of goaltending, their defense is pretty is pretty shoddy too. But you get a goalie like Flurry, I mean. Now, do you think the situation that happened um, years ago when they were Stanley Cup contenders, I mean, every single year that uh, got released prior to the start of the season, do you think that's been a big part of uh, Chicago's downfall is all that drama that happened from many years ago? Or do you think uh, because they have Patrick Kane still, if I'm not uh, mistaken, right? And Patrick Kane, I, I know it's been like five, six, seven years, but he was one of the best players in hockey. He, even up, even up to last year's, when he's having a bit of an off season this year, but like he, I mean, he's still Patrick Kane. I think he's like 32, 33. So he's still got some years left and putting up some numbers. But yeah, they still have Kane. They still have Taves. But other than that, <clears throat> their uh, their team's a little rough. But a little I think rough. they also have. I think they also got Seth Jones now too on defense. So they have potential. Yeah, yeah, they trade. I think they traded for Seth Jones. He was either before this season or within yeah. the past like two years, and he's damn good. Yeah, he's he's up there for one of the top D's in the league. But it's also tough playing for that Chicago team. They and they were like so good two two years ago, and then all of a sudden it was just like complete jump mm-hmm. off a cliff. Intriguing. Um, but you want to talk about some midseason awards um, across hockey, um, so. You go ahead. You can you can take it from here, Zachary and Kyle. Feel free well, to chime in. Just for like, I mean, not like I'm not going to say like who's going to win the award, but I'd say if my, who I, if I had uh, if I had three if I had to pick like three candidates for the awards for this season, uh, starting with the heart. I actually only have two names for the heart here, and I mean, I, honestly, I think if it keeps going like this, you have to give the heart to Ovechkin at like 36 years old. Tied, tied or maybe one point behind the league lead in scoring right now, right there for the league lead in goals. Like, it's kind of ridiculous what he's doing. He's having almost a career year at, I think he's 37. So, yeah, he, I don't he know if you saw that, the, go ahead. He wants that record. That's what he wants. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw the graph, uh, the graph where, or sorry, shot chart from like the past like five years where he scored, it was like a hundred pl- uh, power play goals. And it's literally, yeah all on the left side because he plays yeah. on the off the off wing he plays in the 
and in his office, what they call it, and you know they're going to try to pass it to him for the one timer, similar to how the Bruins try to do a posture knock. Yeah, but, and you know they're what they're going to do, and it works every single time. Every so I saw a thing on Twitter about that, and it's like this: it's the year 2022, and it's a picture of Ovechkin sitting at the top of the circle on that left side. It's like it's the year 2022, and we are still letting this guy stand there and just rip one timers. And once he gets a hold of a one timer, I mean, there's not too many goalies that can. They're going to stop that. He is like right. an absolute cannon of a shot. Marty it's one of the most unsta- <laughs> It's one of the most unstoppable moves in the history yeah. of sports. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say he would have to be the uh, my heart favorite for the start of the season. All right. And what then, about the uh, what is that? The Vezina? The Vesna. The Vesna. That's the top goal. Vesna. The Vezina. <laughs> you did not. Oh. Anderson, uh, really? Yeah, he's got to be up there for me. Oh, for that Anderson. hurts. That hurts. That uh, hurts. I really like Shesterkin this year on New York. He's having himself a great season. And Jari, who was absolutely pathetic last year for Pittsburgh, is having quite a rebound season. Do you know how much that hurts? Because last year, yeah, when the Freddy Leafs blew, what was it, a 3-1 lead? They blew a 3-1 lead just like the Warriors, yeah, just like OKC? Like- Three one, three two. They are up like three one or three two, and I was so sick of Anderson because they didn't put Jack Campbell in there because everything was getting past that dude. He couldn't stop a fly. He yeah. was that horrible of a choke artist. What team is he on now? And and what Carolina. have you seen? And what and what have you seen that's like made you decide that he's a final contender oh, for this I mean, award? I'll bring I'll bring up the stats right now. If we're going to to goalie stats. Wins. He's second in the league in wins behind, behind the Rangers goalie. He's got behind uh, Tampa Bay's goalie, who also could win the Vesna too. Vas- I mean, Vasilevsky has been, in my opinion, the best goalie in the league. But there's there's a lot of good goalies. The goals against average, especially on the score, is a little bit shoddy because you have goalies that have played like two games. Maybe they'll get like a shutout one game. Right, the right, the right, right. But Frederick Anderson, for starters, is the number one goal in the league for goals against average at a 205. So that's that's very good. Save percentage for starters, Frederick Anderson, first in the league at a 928. Go figure. So I mean, he has to be the favorite for me right now. That's... But you could also give honorable mention to Shisterkin and Jari for it. And there's there's other goalies too. Like, I mean, there's Vasilevsky you could put up there. That uh, he's the Rangers goalie, correct? Vasilevsky's uh Tampa's goalie. Shisterkin. Who's the Rangers, the Rangers goalie? goalie? Yeah, because um they were talking really high in him when I was listening to them. The game he's, against the Leafs. He's insane. That guy is going to be. He's the. He, he'll be the future for the Rangers for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe the new. Maybe the. Maybe the new Hendrick Lundqvist. Yeah, we'll talk we about him got a, a little he later. Just on. got his number retired. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, and then uh, going down to the Norris, uh, I actually have four names here. Uh, and I got Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Roman Yossi, and Victor Hedman. Now, and what is the Norse? Now, what is the Norse award about? Just in case people who don't know, top uh, top defenseman in the league. Okay, Kyle, you agree with um, those players that you oh, listed off? Definitely, it's it's a who's who. And you exactly, you can't even you, you can't even like I, I mean I can't even pick between the four. Like the, you'd be like Adam, splitting hairs. This Adam Fox kid, who. I'm pretty sure has been on three teams now because I, I, if I'm correct, at least at least two other teams. I'm pretty sure Calgary. Let me just give him a quick Google. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Calgary gave up on him for absolutely nothing. 
He's 23 years old. He's leading every single defenseman in scoring this year with 43 points, I believe he has. More than a point per game for a defenseman, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's insane to me that this kid is so good, so young, and there's a team that just said, huh, you know what? We don't want you. you. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you. Yeah, he was drafted by Calgary and then uh, started playing for the Rangers. And then, yeah, this year, sorry, he's not at a point per game this year, but he's 47 points in 55 games for a defenseman. Like, that's – those are some great numbers. See, I'm so looking he, at you and Kyle here because as you're explaining, I'm looking at Kyle's reactions because I don't know what the hell you guys are basically talking. I'm trying to get into hockey. I really am. I can tell you. I mean, well, I like I like going to watch the hockey games. I mean, last last week and I was in Rhode Island for um, a show with work and we watched the uh, Providence Bruins take on the uh, Bridgeport Islanders and obviously the Bruins, and the Islanders. I mean, I'm not stupid enough to know how much these two teams despise each other. And I can tell you through every period of the game, there was probably 25 to 30 times they were trying to fight and the refs wouldn't let them fight. And one of the fights, the ref was like in between and the guy from the Islanders two shots guy was knocked out yeah really knocked out <laughs> yeah i try, i hate when like they try to like like people are talking about like wanting to take out fighting or trying to limit it yeah. in hockey like like the straight up like goon stuff i can understand that but if you see um because i don't know if you've seen it on on pti on espn the uh michael wobon like every time there's fighting and uh, like he hates it and it's just like dude that's a part of hockey like exactly. that, that, it, it is what it is, and so I hate and it. Po's me to say it. The yeah. least. you could say it pisses you off. You could say piss yeah. off. Well, because I'll start saying more. But like, there's like even like little <laughs> things because because like you have like sometimes when you're down like two o three o even four o, someone takes yeah. a fight and puts an energy in your team. Exactly. Just, like I, I like it, it's a good combo to like the the fast skilled players in the NHL. We have a guy, let's say, like kind of like a Tom Wilson lays one hit into them. They might think they might think twice about it. Exactly. That, that's exactly that's and that's why people still have him around because you know he, for like a Wayne Gretzky, he had his entire career. He played with guys that protected him. I don't think he ever got touched. Like it's obviously a different game now. The, the stars are getting hit, but you're right. You, you have a guy like Tom Wilson on the ice playing with someone like Ovechkin. They're like, oh, you know what? This guy's a bit of a psychopath. Maybe I'm not going to take a run at him. Yeah, because that's the one thing. I, and even Ovechkin like will stand up for himself. That's why yeah, I've he's always tough, Ovechkin. yeah I've always liked Ovechkin more than Crosby from the fact of ah! I think Cros- oh. no 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 for this reason because I think Crosby was like a little like obviously he's super skilled but I think to me he tries to fake tough sometimes. <laughs> Ovechkin, Ovechkin is definitely tougher than Crosby. I will I will say that yeah. for sure. But Ovechkin yeah, rock, he rocks people sometimes. Like that oh, guy's just good. straight up. <laughs> someone he's someone cute. here Kyle someone here thinks that. <clears throat> That Crosby is <clears throat> the goat. He is. I said for the last twenty years, because you can't compare eras. But for the last twenty years, yes, oh no 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 no! Because exactly I've what said, I said, who That's is exactly better? What I said, who is better all time, Sidney Crosby or Wayne Gretzky? Because I've heard you say Crosby uncountless times. I never, never watched Wayne Gretzky play. So for me, my goat is Crosby. If you put it that way, I could understand where he I mean obviously if you look at the points Gretzky's definitely the greatest of all time but my goat is Crosby 
right. You're such a oh man. I hate you. I hate you. I hate how you that's, play that off so smooth because you were scared of debate. Because I always wait for Kyle to go. Who who the hell is this guy? You you ran away from the debate. You're slick, Zachary. You're slick. You're slick. All right. I'm sorry. Um, but we went over the Calder, uh, the Calder Calder oh, award. Yeah. The Calder is the uh, the uh, rookie of the year award. Okay. And there's two guys on um, the Detroit Red Wings, Lucas Raymond, and I don't even know how to say this one guy's name. Moritz Sider, I think it is. But these two guys are insane. And then there's the kid on Anaheim, Trevor Zegers, who that's the goal I sent you where he, you know what the, the Michigan, Michigan is, where you scoop it up from behind the net. and Everyone knew that kid was going to do that at some point. He's the same guy that, I don't know if you saw from a few weeks ago, when he flipped the puck over the net to his buddy in the slot, yeah, and the guy batted it in the that air like a bat right in the top corner. Yeah, and I think they tried it again. Too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> didn't just, work. Didn't work very well the second time, but they did give it a shot. Yeah. Hockey uh, should try to take advantage of this though, because that's the type of like things. The, that honestly, happen. this kid, he just like it, it's such a he's he has like a almost like a surfer kind of what's up, dude? Kind of. Like, that's like yeah, and he's this good at hockey. Yeah, hockey needs to take advantage of that and promote that some more because. That's what, yeah. you know, attra- you know, people love the flashy things, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly. For example, basketball, you see him do a, a 360 in the game. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe he did that during the game. Yeah. Baseball, well, baseball, you see, you know, I mean, how long were they promoting like a lot of the plays that Derek Jeter made? I mean, the jump throw and diving into the stands or the play against the A's, you know, and that's things that hockey has to take advantage well, of. You know, the other like the other goal they need to promote more is from a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure Zach remembers. I don't know about you, Robbie. Is the goal uh, Kale McCarr scored from the yeah. from the Avalanche, where he does the nastiest, fastest spin move ever. I'm not sure what the goalie was, but absolutely deked him out. And I remember hearing about it, but then seeing that when I woke up, I saw the highlight of it, and I was just like, "Damn!" That <laughs> and you put that on the team of the Colorado's caliber. I mean, t- good yeah, luck. that that guy <laughs> is insane. Kale McCarr. Like, it's he has so much skill. Like his hands are incredible. He could be a forward and it wouldn't yeah. be a problem. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He just happens to be like, yeah, I'm a, def- I'm a defenseman. It's just like he's fast as hell, can score, plays. I mean, not like stupidly good defense, but he ain't a yeah. scrub. On he, but he can hold his own. He can hold. Yeah, his own, you know I mean? and so. especially with yeah, to the level he plays defense. You know, with his offense, it's just like put that with McKinnon and then. What Langus Langus Cog? I mean, yeah. Good lord, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that team is. If they can somehow that they have that other really good young defenseman Bowen Byram, who is going through all the concussion stuff right now. Like, I, I don't even know if he'll play again because apparently his head is just like completely. I guess I, I guess just like completely mangled. Like he was trying to play again. He said he couldn't do it. He just ha- he's having like reoccurring symptoms. But if he can somehow find a way to to come back and be healthy, like that is th- those are gonna be the two best young defensemen that I, you can have on a team. I mean, Kale McCarr and Bowen Byron, like that, they'd be set for years with those two guys as cornerstones as their D. And then they still That's have awesome. Samuel Girard, who's another great D. Like that that team is so stacked. And all of a sudden now Kadri shows up and gets now he's top five in league scoring. Which where does is, that where does that yeah. come from? I think Kadri's probably my most hated player. I think. Yeah. yeah, I guess as a bird fan, he's probably not the most likely. Because he, he just, 
he just seems like the I, I mean i guess in a way like a in a less skilled like marshawn in terms of just an absolute pain in, yeah, your, he's a little pain in your butt yeah exactly yeah. He's, he's just exactly like when i think it was from two years ago or two or three years ago when he hit i think it was mcavoy i think it was and Crocs like got suspended or something yeah, yeah i got suspended like the rest of the series if i'm not mistaken it was just I hate that, but yeah, just like yeah, let's add that to Colorado now. That guy yeah. now becomes one of the better players. Exactly, in the league. like that, that's fair. <laughs> and he, uh, I think he's now been suspended like for multiple games three times in the playoffs because it was twice with the Leafs, and then he took some guy's head off with Colorado the other year and got suspended for that. And he, I think they ended up getting eliminated on the last day he was suspended for the playoffs. So that's another, like, I mean, who knows if he's playing the games, like maybe he's the difference in one of the games and they end up winning it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they might, maybe they need that guy. It's not like McKinnon soft, but it doesn't strike me as like um, a tough guy, like Ovechkin. He's kind of like the in between. Yeah. I will say soft, but he ain't tough. He probably is one of the best in the leagues at reverse hits. Like for when guys go to hit him and he just gives him a quick little shoulder back. Yeah, you got to always him, do it like the enough where you don't get the penalty. Yeah, I've seen but him a, drop a few guys doing that. Yeah, those are always – I could see why they took those out of the NHL. Because I remember I, – I always love going back and watching old highlights of that, of hockey and seeing like those hits that they used to give. Now it would be like – Oh, my God. You'd, insane. You'd, be, you'd be suspended for the whole season. If yeah, Scott Stevens seen, played in this era, he <laughs> would be – he would have been kicked out of the league. Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent. Hockey, you and, see- hockey and football, both, you know, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I used to go back and watch hits that Ed Reed used to put on people in football. And um, uh, the one you remember, the one with the Patriots uh, against the Dolphins, I'm um, trying to blank on the receiver's name, but helped uh, Edelman go for like an 80 yard touchdown. Um, oh, it's Michael Patriots. Floyd. Yeah. And how he absolutely laid out that defender like um, that'd be a peel back block now. I just find it kind of hypocritical, I guess, with hockey in terms of the way that they're, you know, you can't hit a certain way, I guess, head, you know, straight on, but you could still throw them into the boards. I don't know. Well, it's because I think they would, I don't know, hockey. a lot of the times it would be like, <laughs> like the reverse hits. A lot of times is more of like elbowing in a way, I guess. So it's like you try to like, you know, I feel like you don't really try to like hit them. You just try to like stop them. So they hit a brick wall kind of deal. But old, old school hockey to me, yeah, old school hockey to me is so much fun to watch. Just go back and watch. It's like a '90s suspension video, and look at how much they're suspended for compared to now. Like oh, yeah. nowadays, a lot of those things would be five, ten. Like if the oh my god, what was the Bruins player that slashed Donald Bashir in the head? I forgot what his name was. <laughs> that guy, exactly. he'd probably be just straight up kicked out of the yeah, league. Yeah, they'd be like, you're, you're out point. here. Yeah, straight up slashing the dude in the in the side of the helmet for just no reason. But huh. old school hockey compared to new school. And that's not a guy I'd be slashing in the side of the head either. Yeah, Donald Bashir would kick your butt and it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. That guy's terrifying. <laughs> One thousand percent. All right. Well, um, you want to talk about some surprising stories this year, it looks like Zachary. Uh go on. Well, there's definitely a few. I mean, I mean, like it's this, I was looking at the stats this morning, and I was like, I'm like, Chris Kreider is leading the NHL in scoring. I mean, he, I think every time I look at a Rangers game, I see his name pop up that he's getting a goal. He has 30 so, goals, correct? Yeah. Because my Clinton is um, uh, a, a huge Rangers fan. He told me, he said, this came out of absolute nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. And right. I, I asked him, I said, do you think this, so I'll ask you the same question. Do you think this is the case? Because it happens in hockey a lot where – 
you flourish for maybe one to two seasons, and then after that, you're an afterthought. Do you it's think possible. that's like because the, the thing with him too, like it's like he's not 22, 23 years old. He's thirty years old, and then all of a sudden now he's having a season like this. So it's like where where did this come from? So I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not going to do this again next year or keep this pace going this year, but he's also playing like you got Mika Zibanejad on that team, you got Panarin on that team, you got like you got a lot of good players that are feeding you the puck. So that's definitely going to help you. Look at, I mean, the one year uh, back in the day when Chris Kunitz was playing with Crosby, he got 40 goals. Hmm, sure. Chris Kunitz would have never even sniffed anywhere near 40 goals if he was not on a line with Cindy Crosby. But you play with good players and your player goes up. You play with that level of, of hockey. Yeah, because Kreider's normal highest was 28 and he got it. In yeah. two separate seasons. And he has 31 goals through 45 yeah. games. That's wild. He, he could get 50 this year. <laughs> that's that's been insane. Now, Absolutely insane. We touch base on the OV story that you have here scoring at a crazy pace for someone his age, but I mean Yeah. I, I feel like hockey, it's different. Like even as the old as you get. I mean, look at I know he's not in the NHL anymore. He's not in the NHL anymore. Yamahir Yager, right? Oh my God, no! But he's still but playing. My, yeah, he's still playing. But he's like he, forty-eight he, years old. When you're that great, like Ovi, like Yager, you can do it all the way till you're fifty. Honestly, if you want to. Ovi, I think he the second whenever he breaks the goal scoring record, I think. What you think done. is going to happen? Uh, yeah, look, Kyle? he keeps going bar, like this. Bar, yeah, uh, absolutely. Bar <laughs> any like freak, yeah. freak, inj- freak injury that he keeps like going puts like him this. out. Yeah, that that it's, that man's insane. Like, yeah. like, right, have you ever gone back and watched Ovechkin highlights? Yes, I mean the dude used to get like fifty goals a year on the yeah. reg and made yeah. it look effortless. I, I know seen, I'm yeah. very well. I'm very yeah. familiar with Ovechkin because when I paid attention to hockey for a little time that I did, there were always two play, players being talked about in Sports Center every morning. Who's better, yeah. Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin? And yeah. if you look at the offensive end, I'll give the nod to Ovechkin because, like you guys are talking about. The no, slap no, no. shot the one him, time. You'll give him the nod to the goal scoring. No, I'm going to give him nod entirely offensively. I like Ovechkin better than I like Sidney Crosby. Well, I think Ovechkin about... is better than Sidney Crosby. I think Sidney Crosby's always had the better constructed team around him compared to Ovechkin. I think the reason why the Capitals won that Stanley Cup is strictly because Ovechkin was like, you know what, to hell this. I'm putting the new, whole damn team on my back. Yeah. New, 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 yes. new, new. Yes. Yeah, he was a big part, but that was a great – Oh. You know that Washington has finished higher than Pittsburgh in the standings pretty much every single year. Ovi. And so your what your 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 point about how they're better constructed that Pittsburgh's a better constructed team is completely invalid because Washington has always had statistically better teams. And choked in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. I mean, I, I can I can it, point no, out twenty. It's not choked in the playoffs. You have to face you have to face Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Chris Letang, a prime Mark Andre Fleury. I'm going to put Ovi like this in 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 NFL terms, essentially, of players who are fantastic, but sometimes their teams around them can't help them seal the deal to go to that next level. How many years did Peyton Manning have fantastic regular season teams with the Colts? How mm-hmm. many times do you think he should have went to the Super Bowl, but it always end up being Tom Brady or Big Ben? Would would you agree with me on that notion, Kyle? But at the same point, he would always be a bit. The Patriots were always a better team. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make there 
is that the Penguins had a better constructed team compared to Ovechkin with Sidney Crosby crew versus Ovi and his crew. Well, you know what? I'm going to go bring up these. Uh, I'm bringing up the league standings from these years when they won their cups. Because I know should- that Pittsburgh bounds Washington a few times when Washington was either the President's Trophy winner, which is the first place team in the league, or very close to that. Because they've always had great, great teams. It just they were bound it, to win one. Yeah, it just was like the Penguins were just the the Capitals' Achilles' heel. That for some reason yeah, exactly. they just couldn't they couldn't beat them for some reason. And then eventually, when they did in that Stanley Cup run, was it Kuznetsov scored the overtime? Was it the overtime goal? I'm thinking of. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, and then you saw Ovechkin's reaction. Yeah, you saw Ovechkin's reaction of like. Thank you. It's like, yes, we finally beat them. And that's probably what helped propel them. And also helped that you went against the first year team and the gold and the golden Knights. Although obviously we're a damn good team because you made the Stanley Cup though. (laughs) So the year when Pittsburgh won their second of the back-to-backs, Washington finished first place in the league by a grand total of nine points. That's a pretty big gap for finishing first place. And they were 55-19 with eight overtime losses. Mm. That's a damn good team. That's a pretty well-constructed team, if you ask me. That chokes the playoffs. (laughs) Which is common in sports. There's a lot of great constructed teams that, you know, choke in the playoffs. Got to give the Penguins their props. They're not one of them. Yeah, the Leafs. Exactly. So you know exactly what I'm talking about then. You know exactly what I'm talking about then, Zach. Don't try to make me look like a complete dunce. You know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. And you know what's even worse? Who would they always choke to? Well, I thought it was just Boston, but apparently now it's every single team. (laughs) They lost to the Canadians. William Nylander literally put the team on. William Nylander was scoring goals like crazy when they were choking. Meanwhile, Matthews and Tavares, you know, how much is Tavares getting paid? Pretty good amount of money. Play second line. Am I not wrong? 11 million. This dude was like the star on the Islanders. And everybody's like, oh, my God, we're seeing greatness at his finest. Goes to the damn Maple Leafs, second line, and he's a waste of damn money and space. I mean, looking back at that contract, it probably wasn't the smartest contract for the Leafs to sign, especially now that they're giving Matt. I mean, Matthews is truly the only guy on that team that deserves the money he's getting. Oh, yeah. Austin Matthews is top five in the league. Because, yeah, Marner's getting a hefty chunk of yeah, change, he's, right? He's 10, 10.9 But, Zach, I'm going to be Marner's honest. I, I don't want to see Melander go. I feel like no, he's very. You have to keep him. Yes. And, he's, and he has. The, the best part about that Melander is everybody was, when they signed him, like, oh, what? 6.9 million? Dubis, you're an idiot. Why would you pay him so much money? It's like, oh, everyone's like, everyone's like oh, my God. Okay, this is. This is a great contract. I'm just glad they didn't re-sign old man Joe Thornton. Yeah, I think he's over in uh, sunny Florida right now. So And enjoying his pre-retirement. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he can't play much longer, that guy. So who is this Nazim Kadri? Kadri. That's the guy that's on uh, Colorado, who, who's the guy that was on the Leafs for a few years. Um, Go figure. And honestly, I feel like the Leafs... It's like as soon as you leave the Leafs, you just get instantly better, and you're up well, there they, for awards. He, he he was like Kadri Anderson. He, he was like the like a big big part of the Leafs for years, and then uh, but he's he's 
always been like a little bit of a crazy guy, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Like we were talking about earlier, he's been suspended multiple times in the playoffs and it always hurts the Leafs. So they made a trade for him in the offseason, which they got completely just rinsed on. Oh, I they thought got, you were going to go somewhere else. I thought no, you were going to say something they got, else. <laughs> they got Tyson Berry for one season who sucked unbelievably as a Leaf. And then we got Kerfoot, who is still our third-line center, I think, or maybe sometimes a second-line winger. But, I mean, Kerfoot and Kadri, I'd much rather have Kadri. But he's also – his contract's up at the end of this year. and If he keeps going at the pace he's going for point-wise, I mean, he's up for a pretty hefty pay raise. Not with the Avalanche, I will say, because the Avalanche will not be able to afford him. But let's right. see what happens. Well, let's talk about uh, the New York Rangers really quick. Henrik Lundqvist is number 30 is officially up in the Raptors at Masson Square Garden. And before I hand over to you guys, this is the only time I can really talk hockey in here. I was somewhat of a Rangers fan. Was I a significant Rangers fan? No. But if I can remind you of one team that really stood out to me that I'm surprised that didn't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals at any point was the team constructed with Scott Gomez, Chris Drury, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Yager was on the team, and although he's not quite the goal scorer and he's not a big fan of Zach Roden, let me, t- let me tell you, Sean Avery. Um, yeah. <sighs> no, he does not like you. Um, we can't mention the DMs that were sent, vice versa, but they weren't very nice. But Yeah, he's a loser. One thing that's always <laughs> oh stuck out me with Henrik Lundqvist is his incredible leadership and just – the way he was able to save the puck from going to the net so many times, he was the sole reason for all those years that the Rangers were ever competitive in my mind. I mean, once Scott Gomez left, I mean, after that, I couldn't tell you because I was like, that's all I knew was Scott Gomez, and I really liked him. Um, Lundquist, I think, was probably the sole reason that they did make it to the Stanley Cup against the Kings. Yeah, but they were just lost for him. Well, they were just much more talented. It, Jonathan Quick is what out of Middletown, I think, Kyle, Middletown, Connecticut, or Middlebury. I think so. I know, I know, I, I know he's I out of Connecticut. Sure so head. it was nice to see someone from Connecticut winning something. But man, um, when that overtime goal went in, and you just saw like the defeat as soon as Lundquist knew it went by him. Yeah. Well, well that one, and when they lost to uh, New Jersey in Game Seven. Yeah. Oh, that particular, the, it just, you feel so bad. Yeah, you feel so bad for him because that was the guy's a nice dude. And he's one of yeah. the best goaltenders ever to never win a The only guy. reason he's not playing is because his heart. Yeah. That's the only reason. I mean, this dude could be in the league right now and probably could be a top 10 goalie. Oh, yeah. One handsome man, no, I tell you. You're not kidding there. He didn't one get his man. chance last year with the Capitals right before the season even started. He didn't even get his fair shot to go out, you know, on his own terms. But I guess maybe it was somewhat, somewhat storytelling. You know, the Rangers are ready to move on. And now, if you ask me, you just wipe away his time with the Capitals. Wipe it away. Yeah. In the books, the Rangers, just wipe it away. Well, he even said in his, in his, um, in his speech last night, he's like, well, I'm, I'm at least happy that the only jersey I ever got to wear was a Ranger jersey. He's like, I signed with the Capitals, but I never never played a game for him. So the only professional hockey jersey he wore was the Rangers. Would have been nice to see him win a cup. Would have uh, been. But uh, now the reason why I'm not a Rangers fan anymore, Zachary, uh, prior to them losing, was I found out James Dolan was the owner. 
I don't support James Dolan. I don't support how he doesn't let his fans speak freely. Um, that's that's the world of sports. If someone says you need to sell the team or whatever, you got to sit there and take that. But you know what he does instead? Throws them out and bans them from Madison Square Garden. Uh, things happen. happen with Charles Oakley. Inexcusable. I, I can't support James Dolan. So I left the Rangers. I stopped watching hockey for years. And then here I am trying to know everybody in the Maple Leafs. Too many people well, on teams, man. Too many people. I can't keep track of everybody. Yeah, it's like 20, 24. I think there's 24 people on the. See, you could say the same thing with baseball because baseball is a 40 man roster, but like you got the nine regulars, you know, your nine regular starting lineup. Starting pitchers are fairly easy to remember. Your closer is easy to remember. The bench, depending. And then relief pitchers. I mean, that's just a case of triple A MLB, triple A MLB, triple play, triple A MLB. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's easier for me to remember all that. Plus, I think baseball is more entertaining. And then hockey. Indubitably. I think wow. me and Zach will both disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, I've been to way more hockey games than I've ever been baseball games. And I've been thoroughly thrilled at more in any of yeah. those hockey if, games. America's pastime, baby! If I wanted to have a similar experience to watching baseball, I would just go sit in my backyard and watch my grass grow. Well, again, Kyle, but- <laughs> We're talking to a Canadian. Your grass ain't going to grow until July with your four feet of snow. So you watch your damn tone. Yeah, I'll probably come around in April. Yeah, March. we'll see about that. We'll see about that. It'll be negative uh, seven degrees Celsius and snowing cats and dogs. In April. I wish it was negative seven degrees Celsius. Well, what is it today? Negative Saturday. 14. <laughs> Double. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, all right then. Um, you're talking about the NHL needs to change their all star um all star yeah. format. And um yeah, I agree with you. Like how the hell that- how the hell do they get machine gun Kelly to do the all star game performance? <laughs> and the only reason I could think of is how popular him and Megan Fox are on Instagram and but Twitter, I, I so it's publicity. Like, I'm like I honestly thought it was gonna be like some sort of country band or Someone like I saw Machine Gun Kelly. You like, hate country music. You hate country music. I do, but like that's like that's like what hockey. Like you know, that's what, just what the hockey players are listening to now. I, feel I don't like. blame them. It's the best genre of music. Oh my god, no, it is not. No, it is not. Don't give me that look, Kyle. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, what the hell do you two listen to? I mean, I listen to everything. But it, um, what's your you number know, one genre? Probably classic rock. Kyle, what's your number one classic rock? No, I listen to uh, hip hop, rap, metal, and classic rock. You listen to metal where they scream like a pig and they're like, Grr. no, not to that level. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jack, go the, on. Um, the All Star format needs to change. Yeah. So they basically right now what the format is is every team has to have a representative. So you have guys like Kadri, for instance, who's top five in league scoring right now who didn't get voted in in the first – he ended up getting voted in the last man votes, but he didn't get voted in the first round of votes because every team has to send a representative. So you have a guy like Nick Suzuki who's on Montreal Canadiens with 21 points, I think, this season in 40-something games. Jesus. And that's, that, that's going to the All-Star game to represent Montreal. Like how, how stupid is that? How, how should that guy be at the game? It should be, it should be the best players in the conference. It shouldn't be a matter that every team has a representative because 
some teams like Montreal, Arizona suck and they <laughs> don't have guys that are good enough to go to an all-star game. And that's yeah. why they're, they have eight wins, 45 games into the season. Yeah, they have particip- handing out participation trophies. Exactly, it's you're it's participating ridiculous. in the NFL season. Sorry, not NFL. The NHL season, even though you suck, yeah. it's like here yeah. we'll send we'll send one guy just to let you know the let the rest of the NHL know your team still exists. The one thing I did like that the NHL is doing this year with the All Star format is there um, that Trevor Zegers kid we were talking about. He's he didn't get voted in to be an All Star, but they're still inviting him to come and do the uh, the breakaway challenge for the skills competition. And I think they should do more, more of that. Like they should, it doesn't matter if you're in the skills competition, you don't have to be in the all-star game, but there's guys that like there's faster skaters that aren't in the all-star game. You know what I mean? That can't compete in fast skating competition. There's very accurate shooters that aren't in the all-star game that can't compete in the accuracy shooting stuff. Like they should do that more often where they get guys that aren't actually playing in the all-star game that aren't all-stars, but are really good at a certain part of the game, get them to come in and do the skills comp. Maybe that'll bring a little more excitement to it. Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent have more like the specifically talented players. Yeah, exactly. Like you could have a guy that has no hands at all, but he could be lightning quick. Like, put him in the speed race. You know, let's, let's, let's get some excitement going here. Yeah. Cause, cause that's fun. That's fun. And one of the most exciting things I've seen in this, in the skills competition is when they had, I forgot what her name was, but it was the, yeah. the female skater. And I that girl think of, was and she did. so fast. Exactly. Everyone was hyped up when she was skating around, yeah. doing, doing her lap, and it's just amazing. Then you see one of my favorite things, honestly, is when you do the hard, you see the hardest uh, slot, bleh, the hardest shot competition. Yeah, you see guys like Shea Weber, well, formerly Shea Weber, Chara, Chara, Chara. Just seeing that man shoot, I think I was a one hundred six point one or something like yeah. that when he broke the record. How do you it's stop? Just that? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. If I was a goalie, I'm jumping out of the way. I'm not letting that thing. Or just waving the white flag. Like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get a concussion, break something. <laughs> there was a, I can't remember what goalie it was, but Ovechkin, I believe, ripped the slap shot and it hit the goalie right in the mask, completely dented his mask in and broke off a couple of the bars on it. Mm. That's not good. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I would not want to be behind that shot. No, a thousand percent, not at all. But yeah, like you said, it's a the participation trophy part is terrible. Yeah, it's brutal. It just have the best players. That's the all star yeah. game. Have the best players. If, if for some reason, if one team happens to have six of them for whatever reason, well, guess yeah. what? They're damn the good team, team this year. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like I don't know that 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 rule is just beyond beyond stupid. It's just like yeah. some teams sucks during the season. Oh, when well. I saw that so, Nick Suzuki was going, I was like, Are you are you serious right now? She's probably going to just be, like, booed. I think she just be, like, booed by everyone. Like, just don't be here. <laughs> yeah. There's, Waste of the time. There's a lot of ways, and it's not just NHL. I mean, the All-Star game in general, like, should be exciting. But, you know, for example, like, MLB and NBA, the fan votes. Do you remember the one year where the Kansas City Royals almost had the whole, their, like, whole entire infield voting as the All-Star from catcher all the way around? And then baseball, the Cubs, the year after they won the World Series, everybody on their roster – in their infield was in the lineup when they were, you know, much deserving uh, players. Now, I don't know if hockey's format works like that necessarily. It's not like a fan they, vote. I think it used uh, – it is – I'm pretty sure it's a fan vote. But they're not responsible if, for the starting lineup like the NBA and MLB, well, correct? They had – I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was this big grinder in the in the NHL of John Scott, <laughs> and there was this big thing on Twitter. It was like hashtag get John Scott to the All-Star game. 
So the fans vote went crazy. He ended up being voted in as a captain in the all-star game. And then was the all-star game MVP. Oh God. <laughs> and the league, yeah. the league tried to, funny. the league tried to, to get him out of the, the all-star game. Cause he got, I think he went in as a, whatever team he was playing for, he made the all-star team and then he got traded. And the team that he had traded to, I think was dropping him down to the AHL or something because the league did not want John Scott playing in the all-star game. Like it was like, they just kind of listened to like, we're just making a mockery of this. Yeah. So he ended up representing no team. He just went in as like, as an NHL player, like he wasn't representing a team in the, in the all-star game. And it was a great story. It was a, one of the more memorable all-star games I've ever seen. Yeah, where they, he was fake fighting with uh, was yeah, it Patrick, Patrick Kane? Kane? Yeah, yeah, it was that was just when everyone was having a good. I think yeah. they pick him up too. Yeah, they, like, they hoisted at, him on their shoulders yeah. and stuff, which is impressive because he was like six five or something yeah. like that. And I think he was six seven. Six, she's even taller. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Like, yeah, like that's something like that I can live with. But you know, having what they have now, wow, you need to fix that next year. Quick. Yeah, I think they, you know, give it a couple years, they'll they'll. Hopefully, get someone young in there, and they'll be like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? This is not working." That'd be, yeah, that'd be nice. All right. Um, looks like the last thing you got in here is can Leafs finally do something in the playoffs? Um, I mean, what? I mean, what do you think they have to improve on? Because it seems lately, Zach, when I'm watching these games or paying attention to my phone, they get a commanding lead. And come the third period, they choke and blow it. So, I mean, they don't have to do anything. Offensively, their team offensively. No, they got Matthews. They got Nylander. I mean, Tavares they're, is somewhat comparable. They have Mrazek as a backup. I mean, that's pretty decent backup. Jack Campbell, finally, Jack Campbell, after yeah. 10 years of being in the league, is finally a starting goaltender, and he's earned every second of it. The guy's playing fantastic this year. But their defense, man, they uh, like every time I see their third line defense core is Timothy Lilligren and Travis Dermott. And when I see these guys in the ice together, like it just literally my heart rate spikes. Like it's, it, <laughs> it is, you get sweaty palms. Like it is tough to watch these guys play sometimes. Like they're completely lost kind of deal. Oh yeah. It's just like, you're, I'm just like, what are you guys doing out here? So I don't know. They, they have the pieces, man. Like they have, but like I was saying earlier, there's, they, if they don't finish first, in this division, they're going to have to face Florida or Tampa Bay in the first round of playoffs or Boston, depending on where they finish. But it looks yeah. like right now that they're going to have to face Florida or Tampa Bay in the first mm-hmm. round, which is. Yeah, I think finish. If you guys played Boston in the first round, I'd probably be best, not because it's, I'd say, probably a better matchup, but you almost get to erase like the demons in a way. Yeah. It's kind of like the what with debatable. the capitals, or, or the capitals with more, the penguin. Or debatable. Add more on. <laughs> yeah, true. Because yeah. that would be a that would be a very interesting I, series, though. I look at Toronto a lot like like Washington. Like you know, I just I'm like if they can just figure out a way to get out of like if they made it out of the first round last year, I think they're should making have. That, they're they're they gonna make it. Should have. If Montreal steamrolled through those teams to make the final, I think Toronto would have done it. There's potential. All right, exactly. a, we, but we need a good Canadian team, though. Yeah, like because that has. I feel like it's been a, it's been a while. Zach, I mean, give it to Montreal me. made it last year, though. They give it to the... me. Give it to me right now, Zach. Give it to me. What? Say it. Say it. I think the Leafs can say it. Say it. They, it is. Uh, it think... is January 29th. I think they could. They could win it this year. It they is. Could. 
They oh, could win Blue's it this gonna year. be so happy to hear this. <laughs> they could. I mean, they have a chance. There's, but like I was saying, do you earlier, think this is the year? Do you think this is the year? I don't know. There's, like I was saying earlier, there are so many good teams this year. Like the, this is why the NHL is the best board, in my opinion, because there's not like basketball. There's three, four teams that you know, 100% are going to be near the finals and the conference finals. It's going to be Milwaukee. It's going to be Brooklyn. You know what I mean? It's going to be teams like that <laughs> where hockey, you cannot predict anything that's going to happen in these playoffs right now. You cannot predict the winner. Plus, you could always run into a hot goaltender, too. Exactly. Base, baseball's the same way. Baseball's the same way. And we were talking about the Kings earlier, about when uh, they beat the Rangers in the yeah. playoffs that year. That that year, the Kings made the, the playoffs on the last day of the season as the eighth seed. And then they went on to lose three games that entire Stanley Cup run. They went 16-3. and three. They had a 3-0 lead in every single series as an eighth mm. seed. So that's a, just, you just, a team can get hot and all of a sudden they're completely unstoppable. Sure. So it'll be interesting this year. I think that's pretty much for the, I guess that's probably all for the hockey notes. I guess. Well, I was going to say, I want to give Kyle a chance to talk about his burns because we don't get to talk hockey much. So when you're on, you know, I, I see Kyle's very, very knowledgeable with hockey. So Kyle, with your Bruins, what do they, is there anything you want to see them improve on or should they Full, should they fold at to where they're at right now? What do you want to see with the Bruins going this point forward? I would like if they could get another defenseman because you got McAvoy, who's very, very good. Carlo has shown like potential when he's healthy. I think he's probably like a good second like line defensive player. I think you still need to get not that you're going to get another goalie because if Tuka is healthy, he's going to be playing. He's going to be your starting goaltender because you got him. Olmark and then Swayman. So you kind of be playing. I saw Swayman. Like back, yeah, you'd be playing back and forth, you know, with who's your second goalie. And Swayman is still very, very young. I think he's like 22, 23, something like that. Yeah. But if if Tuca is your goalie or healthy, he will be your goalie. The problem I always have had with Tuca is he's always one of the better goalies in the league, but it's, I'm always waiting in the playoffs for him to mess it up at some point. It doesn't matter if it's first, second, third, fourth, finals. I feel like at some point I'm waiting for the, the moment. Yeah. To the kick it. Yeah. And that's, that's just the only, the only problem. But I mean, I know one thing, normally I only watch like the Bruins playoff games this year. Like Zach said, with there being probably 10 teams roughly that could win the Stanley cup. I'm going to be watching, or at least try to be watching as many games as humanly possible. Yeah, that's for there's sure. going to be some great hockey in these playoffs. All right. Well, Let's transition over to the NFL because something that was not great this year was Zachary's Cleveland Browns. The Browns. What a disappointment. Missed the playoffs after last year, making the playoffs and defeating the Steelers two weeks in a row and a heartbreaking loss at Arrowhead. And Zach- they almost had that game too. They almost had that. Game I know too. they allowed a QB rush to seal the yeah. deal and it wasn't even oh, Patrick Mahomes. I know. Don't remind me. Chad I was Henney. watching the game. Anyways, um, like I was saying to you before we started recording this, I, I'm giving Baker Mayfield one more season. Can I ask you something? No, can I ask you something? Thank you, because I think so many he people are, are Everyone's forgetting him off. The, yeah. the injuries that this guy played through this season. Yeah, it's you would think Baker Mayfield is a hockey player. He he just got He's surgery on his shoulder. Uh, yeah. he he had a knee injury. He had multiple injuries. He was getting hit around like 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 flapjack. The dude couldn't avoid getting hit. 
And that's with that, one of the better offensive lines in the league. And one in his shoulder injury is it is it his fault? No, because he's making the football play for a tackle. But unless it's, you know, playoff time and like your team desperately needs a tackle like that, then you yeah. do so. Other than that, get out of the way. Yeah. I you know what? I mean, he's if you look back at his rookie season, like he's he has potential. Like he's he, the first he's, overall pick. Like he's He's he just needs to the Browns are the out. reason what they are now because of Baker Mayfield through all the years of drafting of all these different quarterbacks, whether it was Johnny Manziel or Brady oh, yeah. Quinn or having uh, Robert Griffin, the third or Colt Brandon McCoy, Whedon. Brandon Whedon. I mean, we can Josh McCown. We can go on and on. And the fact that they're so ready to just give up on this dude like this. My question is. Who the hell do they think they're going to get that's going to go in and fill Baker Mayfield's spot? Did yeah, Baker right. Mayfield play like a, a less than a top 20 quarterback this year? Absolutely. He was probably at the bottom of the list. Yeah. But we look at last year and we look at his rookie season. He, and and I, I've been saying it for years since he's joined the team. It's not that him and Odell hate each other. It just didn't work. It didn't click. Uh, I'll I told, say this. Kyle, what did I tell you a while ago? The Eagles, when they had their dream team, remember they had the dream team with Michael Vick, and everyone's like, this team is 100% going to go to the Super Bowl, and it's not even close. But nothing clicked with all that talent on their team. It just didn't click, and it's natural like that in football. What you need in football, sure, you need a superstar receiver, superstar tight end, running back, whatever. But you need pieces around that that are going to do their job and aren't going to get so distraught when they're not seeing the ball thrown at them 35, you know, like times a game, you know, they want the ball to them every yeah. single time. What the Browns had with Odell, they had Odell, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Peoples Jones has looked pretty damn well. David Njoku with Chubb, with Kareem Hunt. You can't get everything sent to you. And now he's flourishing with the Rams. Good for you, but it just didn't work with the Browns. Yeah. And you can see he's better without Odell. Last year was a case proven. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting next year because they you know they have the pieces. But they what the hell has happened with Denzel Ward though? Denzel yeah. Ward was uh, uh, what was it like their fifth pick a couple of years ago? Had a couple of great seasons, but this year what yeah. the hell happened? I mean, now if we talk about the Cleveland yeah, defense, I don't know. All we talk about is Miles Garrett. They brought on Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Clowney's not what he once was. In the trade that they got that they uh, made with Odell, they brought in Olivier Vernon, who had a couple good, really good seasons with the Browns. I don't know if he's on the roster anymore, but I mean, what the hell's happened to the Browns defense? Yeah, you're I do not have an answer for that because you're right. And I, not to guy, mention, oh, it's Baker Mayfield's fault. There was a game where he put up 42 points against the Chargers and, and the Browns lost. defense gave up 48 to 49. Yeah, but it's Baker Mayfield's fault. Come on, man. No, I agree with you. I don't like the slander on Baker either, but the last season was just, I mean, I can see why people would do it after last season. But like you said, the guy's playing through multiple, multiple injuries. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead and slander Baker Mayfield. Go ahead. No, I mean, there is times though where like (laughs) he's very hit or miss. Like he'll have very good games. Then there's times where he's just terrible. That's the the problem with Baker. You just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And even another weapon that they have that, you know, see what to be, what could be brought upon it is Anthony Schwartz that they drafted. That means it, that man is one of the fastest players in the league. If they could yeah. use him correctly, right? That'd well, be we, very because that could open up a ton of. Remember stuff. Remember the story that we saw 
with the Cincinnati Bengals when they drafted the fastest 40 yard dasher in the combine ever in John Ross. You could be as fast as you want, but you got to have some sort of route running skills. So we'll see how yeah. that pans out. Because look at John Ross now. Not you everyone can be Tyreek Hill. No, not everybody can be Tyreek Hill. No. But or you could just use him in like even as like jet sweeps and like do the like those touch passes that if you just mm-hmm. get the get yeah, that ball in that man's hand, like yeah, maybe like try to like five to eight times a game, whether it's on like screen passes or stuff like, you know, the like I said, the touch passes, just see what that man can do, because that would open up your offense tremendously. So Zachary, what do you want to see the Browns address this offseason then? I think I I mean really they don't have to address much. I just want to see what they look like with a healthy Baker. Going healthy everything, because you know what? Chubb got hurt. Cream yeah. Hunt got hurt. Healthy everything. Exactly. So take this off season. Relax. You know, do your workouts. Get everyone healthy. And I think they'll be fine next year. They got a great maybe, head coach. Maybe get one more wide receiver, though. Maybe it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I guess losing Odell definitely sucks, but Hopefully you have a guy like Peoples Jones comes in and starts doing something for him. He, he had like a few good games, but other than that, he was kind of a ghost for some of the games. You still got Landry. Well, there's going to be a good amount of weapons at the receiver, the tight end, receiver but... position. That's going to be free agents this year. Chris Godwin, yeah. Devontae Adams, um, Allen Robinson. I think we, we know what he's capable of. He's just stuck in a horrible situation with <laughs> the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Hashtag free Allen Robinson. Yes. <laughs> so you need to get. Yes. Come over to Cleveland. We'll see. Um, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos agreed to terms with Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach. In a quote said, the team announced on Thursday, their quote is, Nathaniel Hackett is a dynamic leader and coach whose intelligence, innovation, and charisma impress us from the very start of the process. That was the Broncos general manager, George Patton, said in a statement. In addition to having a brilliant offensive mind, Nathaniel is an outstanding teacher and communicator with a strong vision for all three phases of our team with this hiring, maybe that they're hoping that they could pursue Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to join the team. They already let's the Broncos this year with Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that they were competitive all season long with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback is really impressive, especially when Jerry Judy missed a lot of games with the ankle injury. Jerry Judy is their number one receiver on the team. And then they have Cortland Sutton. They have Noah Fant and they're back in their running back game with Melvin, with Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. With their studs they have on defense um, how do, and a great offensive line with the history of the Broncos with John Elway and Peyton Manning. I want to see Aaron Rodgers go to Denver. But I, I, I think I stated the, the show on Monday, Kyle. I think the team that he needs to go to the most is the Tennessee Titans. I think that, and you know what? The only other person I heard speaking about this, he, he must've listened to the show, Kyle, because the next day, that Tuesday, I heard Keyshawn Johnson say the same thing. He said, get on the private plane, Mike Vrabel, pick them up, go talk to him, tell him it's time. Yeah. I was like, Keyshawn Johnson must be listening to me. I was so happy. I thought Keyshawn Johnson was listening to me. I think that's the best case scenario, but that's what I, that's what I think of with this hire Nathaniel Hackett with the Denver Broncos is maybe this is some leverage to bring in Aaron Rodgers, Maybe, maybe Devontae Adams. It looks like Devontae wants to be a duo package with Aaron Rodgers till he decides to hang him up. Have you heard how much supposedly Devontae Adams wants? 
I'm going to say 20 million, 25 million. <laughs> Up that by five. Supposedly, a year? supposedly is what he's saying. Wow. So obviously, you got to take that for what it's worth being on the internet. But And Roger said he wants oh. to play with Devontae Adams and Valdez Scantling. So it's just well, we like, know he doesn't want to play that, Adam Lazard because Lazard sucks. So it's like if you want to get – let's just not even like Valdez Scantling because that's – you know, who knows that. But with Devontae Adams and Rodgers, if you're any team to get them – Are you sure – You're going to have to have – I hate to interrupt because – Yeah, I know. it is. Uh, are you sure it's not Randall Cobb? Yeah, it is Valdez Scantling. Okay. Yeah. But because Scantling's a pretty young guy and pretty good speed. But if you want just Devontae Adams and Rodgers, you know how much cap space you're going to have to have to open that up? Let's just say top of the line money for uh, Devontae Adams. Let's go to 2025 right there. Per Then you want Rodgers. Who knows how many years, but just pure money wise. Well, you're probably talking 35 to 45. So you do the math right there. That's going to be. 55 to 60, let's guess, that you're going to yeah. have to give. How many teams are going to even have that available or be willing and able to make changes to get that necessary money available? And on in, top of that, in terms team, of paying for Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams and Rodgers, both if they want none. to be as a duo. None, because if, if I was going to say, if any team that should possibly consider about paying Devontae Adams $30 million, the first thing that comes to my head is the Jacksonville Jaguars to give Trevor Lawrence that much Somebody. of a dump. Yes. And, and it's not to take away from Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones is the number one receiver on the team. He had a somewhat good year. There was just so much wrong with the Jaguars, the Urban Meyer. I think it's going to be a clean start now without that scumbag uh, possibly in football again. He should never be allowed to coach any sport again. He's a scumbag. Um, yeah, I, I'm putting it out there. That dude is just a uh, uh, tier one jackass. 100%. Um, so I think it'll be a clean slate for the Jaguars. And I think Devontae Adams, if any team's going to give him $30 million, it should be them. They don't got to pay Trevor Lawrence at $30 million until, you know, he's that off of the franchise. That's a lot tax. of money, man. 100% it is. But I'm just, let's not, let's be honest. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely argue a couple others, but yeah. You, you could. Anything, in, the, in that category, you could put Cooper Cup. Because Cooper Cup yeah. was absolutely outstanding Actually, yeah, this year. The season, yeah, this year. I'm... DeAndre Hopkins is always up there until maybe he falls off like Julio did because Julio at one point was argu- arguably up there. And then the other one that I think not enough people are putting him in there, like we recognize his greatness, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he had a pretty good season too. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase still has a little more to go. He had a great rookie year, and I think he's automatically top five. But best receiver in the league, I can't put him there yet because we've seen the work progress for the other four that I mentioned. Yeah, It's just going to be a hell of an offseason, though, where you constantly are going to be hearing Aaron Rodgers rumors and people are going to be, oh, he's going to go to this team. Aaron Rodgers and Brady rumors. Yeah. What I think was pointed out perfectly when it comes to the Brady situation is I think he's going to wait to see what happens with Brian Leftwich. If Brian Leftwich decides – that he's done and he's going to go take a head coaching job. We'll see. He has, I don't think he's been a finalist for any of the teams. I think that's what it's going to go, um, all come down to. And Rob Gronkowski's already said, if you asked him today, January 29th, this is prior to, but you know, this is a couple of days ago. So it's probably the same answer. Now he would tell you, no, he's done. And Brian, well, it's because he, he's going to do exactly what Brady does. Brady retires. He retires. If Brady yeah. stays, he stays. That's well, what we, we also know. have he, to remember too, that's his with quarterback. Rock, it's just how many, 
damn shots he's taken throughout the years. Because people yeah. took how much more does he have? I I stand by my statement. He's the greatest tight end of all time. He won't be able to have the numbers like Tony Gonzalez. I'm right there with it. He's not going to have the numbers like Tony Gonzalez. But Rob Gronkowski was the most. Rob Gronkowski was the shack essentially of tight ends with how dominant he was. It took four yeah. people to tackle that man. He was blocking Melvin Ingram in the 2018 divisional round game by himself on run plays. He was blocking a star defensive end at tight end after all single-handedly. These after all these injuries, too, not to mention the back, the shoulder, yeah. the leg, the yeah. ACL. And, and the other thing I w- would definitely going to, I would say, contribute to, I mean, you can definitely argue the amount that it would, is what are they going to do with wide receivers there? Because, okay, you got Mike Evans, one of the better receivers in the league, yes. Are they going to have the money to bring back Chris Godwin? And if they don't, obviously AB ain't going to be there, so we know that. Yeah. After that, the receivers are average at best, so you're going to have to bring which in someone else. Which we saw this else. year, which we saw. Yeah, so you're going to have to bring in someone else, and you got weapons potentially in free agency because even another one, a receiver coming out of Jacksonville, I believe, is DJ Chark, who's a taller, speedier guy. Him and there would be interesting. Or you got the draft. But does Brady necessarily want to work with a rookie where he's only going to be yeah. playing a couple seasons left? So can I, can I ask you guys something? something? Can I ask you guys something? Don't you think it's a little BS that the Rams have Eric Weddle on their team once the playoffs start? I find that a little bit BS. Say Brady signs, uh, you know, whatever kind of con- like, let's say he signs a two year contract with the Patriots. I'm just trying to give an example that would make it BS. Mac Jones gets hurts out for the playoffs. Oh, Tom Brady's retired, but he has a contract, even though he's retired. Hey, could you come play the playoffs for us? Don't you think it's a little BS how that could work in the NFL like that? Cause Eric Weddle's not no bum by any sorts of the imagination. I don't care how much time he's been out of the league. He's probably better than most of the safeties that the Rams have on the regular roster and their practice squad. And even and yeah. even if they do have one better, Eric Weddle as the second option for safety, that's not fair, man. That's crazy. I think the NFL has to evaluate that. You come playoff time if they're isn't, retired. I think it's BS that once playoffs. Oh, you can come play. Isn't that kind of similar to what Gronk did though with Tampa? No, because well, Gronk played the, played the regular season. season. Yeah, Eric Weddle didn't play any of the regular yeah, season. He true. just joined the playoffs. That's oh, like yeah, LeBron just- James signing a four-year contract with Cleveland playoff time. Oh, LeBron gets to come play fresher than ever. Sure. I can understand that, that rule. I would definitely see that rule being looked at in this offseason. Cause I can understand one year max, but it's been two years for Weddle. So it's like, I don't know. That's real. That's really, really stretching because you could do a, you can get really ugly with the, with that loophole if you wanted to. Yep. Like you could, you could do that very, very easily. Yep, and it takes one team to do that, even more than the Ram. You know, we'll say the Rams yeah. and Weddle are doing, and that rule is going to be changed quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's the way I see it. But uh, back to Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, since they won the uh, Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, they haven't made the playoffs since. So we'll see what he can do. And it's clear and evident that the Broncos desperately, desperately need a quarterback. So yeah. maybe this is a, a way to bring in Aaron Rodgers. They claim it isn't, but of, of course it's a way to try to bring in Aaron Rodgers. A thousand percent of this. How about the New York Giants? The New York Giants hire Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, shortly after they hired their assistant general manager, um, Joe Sean. 
it looks like now the New York Giants are potentially the Buffalo Bills 2.0s. I think this was clear as day, Kyle, that as soon as they hired uh, Bill Sean or uh, Joe Sean, excuse me, that they were going to bring in Brian Dable. I think there were zero questions asked. I think the only other person that was ever in consideration if he didn't, it didn't fall through was Brian Flores. And I'm going to say something. If Brian Flores doesn't get signed by any teams, I think he should stay away from the Texans in general. Definitely. What what a what a goddamn miss by every team of that had the coach that had the slot available. What a damn yeah. miss. What a miss. And then it, it brings to the argument that um goes across the uh, the the country um with with uh sports radio and sports shows. The unfair advantage for black head coaches. I think I think after Jim Caldwell, it was a little under the radar. But now with Brian Flores, I think it has to be talked about even more because Brian Flores is more than comparable. Brian Flores could go to the New York Giants right now, and I'll I'll say right now, Giants win seven to eight games easily first year. I will say that I know how dysfunctional they are, but he is a damn good head coach. This dude went in with the Miami Dolphins, five and eleven first year, ten and six, nine and eight. And the reason why yeah. the Dolphins were only so bad is because their backup quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. While Tua and was pissed. And their injured. starters, Tua. And Tua's solid. Tua's uh, putting up similar numbers to Kyler Murray, his first 16 career games. No. Tua to me is solid, but I feel like you could see he has a limit that someone like, let's say, Kyler doesn't have. <laughs> Until That's me personally. Start. Until the playoffs start for Kyler Murray, or until they lose their first game of the season for Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, fair. Oh yeah, but but that was a good uh, a good hire though for for the Giants because if you with those weapons you needed, I feel like it was smart to have an offensive you know it looks like on paper a good offensive mind because you got weapons 100%. there you need to figure figure that out because you need right. someone to use Saquon properly figure out if Daniel Jones is going to be your future or not. And then if it's not bring in the guy and start working them in. And like, we know he said this before, they got weapons for days, tight end wide receiver. They got potential. Now it yeah, doesn't seem like now it doesn't seem like they're going to go the route. I said Monday, and Zach, I don't know if you heard what I said Monday, but hear me out here. Yeah. I think the giants should bring in a very good backup quarterback. And I'm talking about, look at all the teams that have some good backup quarterbacks. Uh, Mitch Trubisky for the bills. Um, once was a starter, led them to an NFC North cha- uh, championship, led them to the playoffs. Garner yep. Minshew, we've seen his work with the Jacksonville yep. Jaguars, um, and we saw the game he had against the Jets this year. I the think that's another one. God. And the last one, Nick Foles, one of the probably greatest backup quarterbacks of all time since he won the Super Bowl as a backup quarterback, and he's had his work as a starting and backup quarterback. And I think what they should do, or Fitzpatrick as well, that's another one you have to think about, Bring him in, make him compete with Daniel Jones. And that's how you're going to get your answer. Is he the guy? Because these are backups. Yeah. If he's losing get his spot to a backup, then that's the answer that we have to our question. But it seems that that's not the route they're going to go because owner John Mara said, we never really taken care of Daniel Jones the way that we've needed to. And we're going to change that this year. So it sounds like Daniel Jones is getting the final shot. But if you ask me, I would stick with the game plan that I, that I, uh, um, you know, think that they should do. It'd be yep. interesting to see what they would bring in for backup. Who's available they could bring in? I mean, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I know. 
It's a I risk. Don't if you want to touch? I don't know if you want to touch that, especially in New York. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a risk, but I mean, Deshaun Watson is out there. He's a hell of a quarterback. He is a hell of a quarterback. Russell Wilson, maybe. No, I don't think Russell Wilson. I don't know what the hell Russell Wilson's going to do now because now I guess we might as well talk about the team that a lot of people had them as. Sean Payton retire, retiring, quotations around retiring, leaving yeah. the Saints after 15 to 16 seasons in one Super Bowl. This is where I separate Sean Payton from the two top-tier um, head coaches in football. Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. He ran. He ran. Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, through these years, post-Brady, Belichick's still there. Granted, they got Mac Jones. Mike Tomlin, he's not going anywhere now that Big Ben's gone. He's going to stick around. Sean Payton ran. He is a fantastic head coach, but that's one of those coaches until this year where the reports were coming loose that he's going to leave. Because let's not forget, earlier this year when the Steelers were struggling, Reports were saying that Mike Tomlin is speaking to USC about going over to USC. Mike Tomlin said, hell no, I'm not going anywhere. That's where I separate Sean Payton from Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. Great head coach. Probably the third best one in the league. Now the question is, what does he do from here? And there's a lot of things going on in the broadcast industry. I don't know if you guys know. Um, Al Michaels is probably leaving. Sunday night football after the season. And a lot of reports he's going to go back to ESPN do Monday night football. Here's one that's going to be weird. Troy Aikman's probably leaving Fox and going to Amazon. Now that Amazon's getting the Thursday night games, which means he won't oh, be wow. with Joe Buck anymore. Mm. And now Fox is, if that happens, is going to pursue um, Sean Payton harder than a lot of these head coaches in football. Yeah. And the only team that makes sense with Sean Payton, I think you guys know who I'm going to say. Yeah, the Cowboys, right? The Dallas Cowboys. He has a house in Dallas. He has a great connection with Jerry Jones. That's the only team that makes sense. And how can the Cowboys just fire Mike McCarthy after this year? You can't. I mean, we, we talk about the missed clock management, but. You had to look at the overall work that was made throughout this year for them to go, what was it, 12 and 5 this year? And how they were able to put up 50 points consistently, although they were basically running up the score against Washington and Philly. It's hard to just let him go. And now, if it's another first round exit this year, right, it's going to be tough to do so. But this year, you know, the upcoming season, if it's another first round or second round by no NFC championship game. Yeah, yeah. You get rid of him and you bring in Sean Payton without any hesitation. I think so too. I mean, it'd be tough to get rid of him. But I still think like, if I think if you ask a lot of Cowboys fans right now, if you would it'd be like, would you take Sean Payton? If you're able to get Sean Payton and get rid of Mike McCarthy? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, you yes. would. Well, I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd be the, the toughest in the, in the world though, either to do because oh, you get a better I, head coach though. What I should have stated is the real reason why it is Jerry Jones. It's going to be tough for Jerry Jones to do because Jerry Jones likes his puppets. He likes yeah. his little clappers and the yes men that do whatever Jerry say. That's why Jason Garrett was a head coach for 10 years. Now there's a reason why he might be an offensive coordinator at Duke because Jason Garrett <laughs> is not a comparable coach in the NFL. He was just a yes man to whatever Jerry Jones says. And a lot of the blame goes on Jerry Jones, but let's be honest. Look at the talent this man has brought in. 
Dak Prescott, Ezekiel yep. Elliott, Tony Pollard, CD Lamb. And I'm talking about people he's drafted. Michael Gallup, Zach Martin, Leighton Vanderesh, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. He's doing his job. None of the blame at this point should go to Jerry Jones. It has to go in the coaching staff at this point. And if it hasn't in the past, then I don't know what the hell people are thinking. Because the Cowboys have one of the best rosters on paper. They just don't execute come the playoffs. I think I think um, Stephen A. put it perfectly. These boys think that they're privileged. They think they've already made it because of everything that's happened in the 90s. I'm here to tell everybody right now. 1999 was 23 years ago. 1999, I was just getting into my damn briefs, let alone boxer briefs. I was just taking off my damn diapers. Times go. 90s long go. You're not getting any younger. I make the same argument with the Yankees. But they've always been one of the most talented teams since... I don't know, maybe since Romo started to become their their starting quarterback. And it's just, I mean, I know it's like a meme, but I feel like it's pretty true. You see the cycle of the Cowboys. I mean, it's the same thing every year. They started off promising. They give the fans hope. Playoff time comes around if they make it. Or the yeah. end of the year if they if lose. If they make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I'm, yeah. Saying, what I'm saying, or, you know, end the regular season where if it's a make it and you're in kind of deal. Like somehow they always end up in disappointment. And, and let's be honest, that the way they lost that game, does, could you pick a more Cowboys ways to lose? Yeah. There you go. It was, it was, was. I loved it. <laughs> it was nice to see. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> let's be honest, the only thing that would have been funnier is if it was the if it was how the Bills lost to the Chiefs. That'd be the only other way it would have possibly. Been oh, better. you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. That's not on the list here to talk about. But Zachary, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts about overtime? Do you think it's something they need to think about changing? I, uh, I mean, it would be nice to see both teams get a crack at it. But also, I mean, that's the moment your defense has to step up. That's how it's always been. People know the rules. And this is my yeah, and this is my thing. I was I didn't mention this when we did the podcast on Monday, but so the rules are different. No, sorry, are not different for the first possession of overtime in a regular season and an overtime. And sorry, regular season overtime and postseason overtime. Yeah. So why is it that in a postseason overtime you saw that? Unless I know Robbie uh, replied to a tweet that I put up, where was all of only one team that won an over or won the coin toss lost an overtime game. Like, yeah. why is it different? Come right now. That, that, was, that was all it, off of the first drive. That was all off the first drive. Well, I'm saying with team that won the coin toss, you know, won it on the first drive. No, that wasn't all on the first drive because two of those games te- teams that won the coin toss that won it didn't win it on the first drive though. But yeah, anyway, the Rams. yeah, well, no, not even that. There was the, uh, Baltimore Ravens, Broncos, double overtime game. And there was another one as well. But anyway, I just think to me that rule, you just do not need to touch it. Just play defense. Yeah, there you go. What you what you guys got to understand, too, is with the way the sport is evolving. How many times have we seen in the last couple of Super Bowls where defense just does not matter? Because the offenses have offense has taken over football many years ago. 
It was all about the defense, and that's why you won championships. The reason why the Giants have the two championships in the 21st century is because of their defense. The reason why the the reason why the Steelers have their championships is because of their defense. Besides the one San Antonio Holmes drive um, in that Super Bowl, and the only and James Harrison's 99 yard return against the Cardinals. Let's look at all these other Super Bowls now. The Rams Patriots was just a sloppy, disgusting game. Worst Super Bowl all time. That was because of def- they won that because of defense. And you can argue the Bucs won the, the Super Bowl against the Chiefs because of defense, though. Or you can argue that Patrick Mahomes was dealing with probably the worst offensive line at that point because their backup linemen were absolute garbage. Well, also and, that defense though, at the time was and, very hot. And I, I wish I had more hands and toes to count how many times his receivers dropped balls that he was throwing. Let's not forget the one that literally hit. Terrell Williams or whoever the hell it was in the face mask in the end zone where it's that viral yeah. picture of that guy laying flat and dishing it 40 yards upfield. Okay. Okay. I got to say one thing about that. That is the most overrated play in the history of the NFL. That ball should have been intercepted. It went through a Buccaneers player's hands before it hit the, I think it was their running back that before it hit, hit. So people say, Oh, it was a great throw. Yeah. It should have been intercepted. <laughs> Hey, Zach, if Tom Brady made the throw, it would have been the greatest play of all time. No. That's how it works at Kyle. That's how it works at Kyle. No, it wouldn't have. If if it goes through a defensive player's hands before it gets, you know, bounces off the running back's face mask, you know, I don't exactly count it as a good throw. Count it as a good luck. I know. It's really not impressive at all when the guy is laying flat towards the ground with his hand literally that could touch the ground, throwing it probably 15, 20 feet in the air, 40 yards downfield. No, it's not impressive. No, it's impressive that you can that. throw oh, it that far. Yeah, absolutely it is. Absolutely yeah, but, it is. But it's not an impressive – it's impressive that you can throw it that distance. It's not an impressive play when you throw in the – No, they're, they're only around. down two touchdowns. He's doing everything that he could possibly do to throw that ball to try to break the lead. No, no, no. It's not impressive, you know. It wasn't It wasn't uh, unwarranted throw, and I'm pretty sure it was third or fourth down, you know, doing whatever he could do. Yeah. I've seen yeah. that play is massively overrated. Well, with the bad toe, with the bad toe. Turf toe. Turf toe. You should know about turf toe, Kyle, right? I know you got bad ankles, but you should know about turf toe, right? Hey, hey, bad ankle. One <laughs> ankle. One, I have one good ankle still. <laughs> I right. my knees. All right. Can we uh, make fun of the Chicago Bears? I don't know. I don't think we could just they do that for themselves. Yeah, they make it pretty easy. They hire... The defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Eberfluss, Eberfluss, whatever the hell his name is, instead of going after uh, a Dan Quinn or a uh, Jim Caldwell or a Sean Payton or a Brian Flores, they hired this guy with no head coach experience whatsoever. When they also drafted their franchise quarterback, even though the most of the head coaches I listed are defensive minds, you know, you draft your... Uh, Franchise quarterback, and this is who you uh, decide is your next head coach. <laughs> That's a dumb hire. I mean, well, Brian Flores obviously would have been better. Sean Payton obviously would have been better offensive mind. And then um, Dan Quinn would have been a better decision, too. Yep. It, I don't know. The Bears, ah, I just, I don't know. I don't get it anymore, doing. man. I really don't get it. I mean, how do Bears fans have patience with this crap? Because they're one of the most loyal. I mean, hell, it was the same reason why they kept going with the Cubs for forever. You just, it's just yeah. un, 
unloyal or unwavering faith and in, in loyalty to their teams. I mean, they have what hopefully is their franchise quarterback. I mean, Justin Fields has potential for days. You just got to figure it out because you pretty much alienated Allen Robinson. That man don't want to be with you anymore. Yep. So you got to get out. you got to get running or not running backs. You got to get a wide receivers because you got you know one good running back in Dave Montgomery and interesting what they could do with uh, Tariq. Uh, I was gonna say Tariq Cohen was hurt all year. Yeah, but just like ow, that hire is just like ow. That really makes you like question some uh, sanity in the higher ups and ownership or whoever made that you know put their yes made mark that on that. Exactly. Yep. Just doesn't make sense at all. The guy, I just, I don't know why that guy got the stuff over Dan Quinn, Brian Flores, just those two alone. I would choose both of those guys easily over that guy. Without a question. Zachary? Well, well, you know, I agree. I do agree with what Kyle said there. But, uh, I mean, in my opinion, the Bears are just going to be the dumpster fire they were this year again next year. <laughs> <Well, he's... laughs> uh, duh, Bears. Well, I guess that really concludes our NFL talk so we can transition into the NBA where the biggest news is talking about that James Harden is not yep. happy in Brooklyn. Um, according to uh, Bleacher Report that he doesn't like the living of Brooklyn, New York. He says it reminds him of Central Houston, that he doesn't like the taxes. And there's been a lot of uh, talks about him possibly re- uh, reuniting with Daryl Morey in Philadelphia and joining the 76ers. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that the Nets won't engage in James Harden trade talks ahead of the team's deadline and basically saying that we are not interested in nothing. Rightfully so, because the Nets basically gave up everything for James Harden. Yeah. Harris Levert, Jared Allen. Jared Allen should be an all-star this year. Part of the reason why the Cleveland Cavs are so successful this year. I'll let you guys talk first. Um, you think Harden's going to leave? He's a free know. agent this year. Would you? you think he's would you? Leave? Would you? Uh, would, you uh, would you want that to happen? Like if you got uh, Simmons back in return? No. No. Well, if he's not happy, it might ha- happen. No. <laughs> Kyle. It- I don't know. It, it, you need you need to if he's really feeling like that and it's coming out now. I mean, it's probably only going to get worse. Yeah. At this point, like you have to have a legitimate like conversation with him because I feel like trading him mid season probably is the best thing. If anything, you just wait till after the season and then deal with him at that point. This the problem is like you know with all that you gave up, how much of that are you going to be able to recoup? When you, if you end up trading him, that's gonna, yeah. that's gonna be the, that's gonna be a problem because the thought of, we you know, was it was gonna be the dynastic trio of Kyrie, we you know, the stuff with him and the COVID, Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, and when he's healthy, is one of the best, if not the best player in the league. And then James Harden is right there. But now, who knows what's gonna happen with Kyrie on and off? And who knows what's gonna happen with James Harden now? So I think, I think Kyrie's rubbing him the wrong way too. Maybe no it has surpri- something to do with, with no Harden. Kyle, you know how many times I've stuck up for Kyrie in this situation. Zach, you could probably agree with me living in Canada with all the rules that you have to go through. Yeah. My personal belief about the vaccine 
is that it should be a choice. It doesn't mean that I think that you are a scumbag for not getting it or getting it. I think that everybody should have the right to decide what they want to put inside of their body. I am vaccinated. Am I getting the booster shot? (laughs) No, because I was told that I wasn't going to need a mask if I got vaccinated. I'm not getting no damn booster because they can't figure this crap out. You can kiss my ass now. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Microphone problems. First world problems over here. Big problems. (laughs) Okay. Where is I going with this? The thing with Kyrie is he can play in Brooklyn, New York, in New York City. He can. The Nets can pay fines, which at this point, at the point that it was talked about, which leading up to the playoffs would have equaled up to $67,000 for all home games that were remaining because there's a warning and then it increases in the max that not only the Nets, but businesses in New York City, restaurants, bars, whatever, is if you're caught with people inside of your establishment who are not vaccinated, you could pay up to fines. The Nets could pay up to $5,000 per game that he doesn't play, and that's just for the regular season, which at the time would have been $67,000, which with their owner, who was like top 25 richest men, the rich man, doesn't mean nothing. That's like, that's like, that's like like, 65 cents. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So now it's on Joe sign. If you ask me, you already look like a hypocrite for saying that we won't allow any part-time players on our team. Now he's a part-time player. Why not bring him in and let him play? It's not, I said it last year. Kyrie was acting like a drama queen. He a hundred percent was acting like a drama queen this year. Kyrie had full intentions to start the season until September when New York city announced that if you're not, vaccinated you cannot do your job essentially yeah but you know what's funny <laughs> Kyrie at that time he can't he can't go um he can't go to Brooklyn to play basketball games right but during that time in October to where we are now he was allowed to go to the team's practice facility to practice with the team isn't it kind of asshat backwards right there none of this COVID stuff makes any sense no, it literally, not, and that's what it all comes down to with Kyrie is just all this situation with COVID. So again, this year, this isn't Kyrie's fault. He doesn't want to get vaccinated. He doesn't want to get vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers stated the reasons why he didn't want to get vaccinated because the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccinations that are here in America run risk for him uh, with some of the ingredients that are in there. And then the Johnson and Johnsons, he's nervous about the blood clots. Yeah. But then, but then, this is where it gets me good. Oh my god, this turned to a political damn discussion. I don't give a damn. People are saying, "Well, you really have to look at those numbers. It's significant that those people." But now, when it's the people who are unvaccinated, it's like, "Oh, you know, those numbers are low. You can go ahead and go through with it." Where before, if they didn't want to go through with it, it's, "Oh my god, you have to." And now it's like, "Oh, now you don't have to. Now, now you should go through with it." You know, it's so backwards with this whole COVID crap, and I hate the fact that it's political. I hate it. Welcome yeah, to it America. is pretty brutal. Welcome to Robbie's rant, part nine hundred seventy-six. Well, hey, at least uh, at least you guys can go watch uh, a sports team play because there's still no fans allowed in arenas at Toronto in, in Canada. Good thing you and Marcus went to a couple of those Raptors games, huh? Yeah, we squeezed them in just in the nick of time. So, with the James Harden thing with Kyrie, that's where the frustration comes from, and then 
now Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's out four to six weeks with his knee injury. Yep. Joe Harris suffered a setback with his injury. And I'm going to say it again. The Nets should fire Steve Nash. Steve Nash is one of the greatest point guards of all time, but that doesn't mean you're a great head coach. The amount of times I see a different starting lineup every game, I'm like, what in the blue hell is going on here? I, I don't get it. It's like, are you trying to make a record for most unique like starting lineups like every single damn game? Oh, I'm doing my best not to curse. It's just really ticking me off. Why is Blake Griffin not playing? I understand, yeah, I understand he's not the either. offensive player that he was, but you know what that you know what that man's doing? He's taking hits. He's taking the charges. He's being he's doing everything that he can defensively to allow you to win games. Why is his ass on the bench? Get him in the game. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. True. And who else is the like, who's their backup center right now? Claxton's out with an injury. Lamarcus Aldridge yeah. is doing fairly well, but yeah. you know what they're doing? They're playing people six feet eight inches at the center, center? position, oh, and they could be facing Joel Embiid. They could be facing Clint Capella. They could be facing Jared Allen. Six eight. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Definitely not ideal, to say the least. I like hearing Robbie rant like this. It's pretty funny. I like seeing them all fired up. Yep. God, then he tries to I mean, gets red and everything. Kyle, this reminds what Steve Nash is doing. Reminds me of Aaron Boone. He gets in his own freaking head, which gets him to the own way, which leads to bad things. Let's be honest. I know that Kevin Durant is out right now. The Nets should be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference by plenty of games prior to his injury. Steve Nash gets in his own damn way. They should have never let go of Kenny Atkinson by any sorts of the imagination. They should have brought in Mark Jackson if they were going to do so, which I wanted. I wanted Mark Jackson. I don't know. And from here, before I possibly have a heart attack, um, on air here on Twitch and pre-recorded wherever you're listening to your podcast, you're listening to Sports Cave and um, Robbie's um, therapy session with my co-host Kyle Galuli and our special guest Zach Roden. I don't want to talk about this topic anymore. <laughs> it just hurts. I think uh, for your for your well-being, we should probably move on <laughs> to the next topic. Yeah, seems like that's a good idea. <laughs> I can't get any joy. I just want one championship. All right, Kyle, you have one championship since you're, you know, we're creating God's green earth. Zach, you have a championship in the NBA. I just want yeah. mine. I just want mine. I want it. I got the Patriots. I want my NBA championship. I got everything except hockey, which I really don't give a damn about. And the NBA. I'm trying to care for hockey, Zach. I'm trying. I thought all games were going to be on ESPN plus every no. game. No, it's not like that. Nope. I don't get TSN in America. You got to pay for NHL Network. Ugh. It's probably like 60 bucks now for the rest of the year. Uh, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. And then you get every game. Okay. So, yeah, that falls with James Harden. Um, you wanted to talk Fred Van Vliet there, Zachary? You know, your little Raptors here. 
why you're asking if uh, if I want to talk about rappers, I said, well, we could talk about this. I said this star <laughs> that Fred Van Vliet has turned into. All right, so let's talk about Mr. Van Vliet because um, we know Anthony really despises Fred Van Vliet. You guys signed him to a four-year contract worth twenty million average per year, and yeah. you think he should be an all-star this year? He damn right better be an all-star this year. <laughs> and what if he's not? What are you going to do? Well, if he's not, first and foremost, the fact that Kyrie Irving was ahead of Fred Van Vliet in votes this year, in my opinion, is the stupidest thing of all time. I second the guy that notion. Had, the guy had played three games. I second that, that notion. I second like, that how, notion. Like, how is that even possible? Because the fans are exactly. idiotic. It should be a panel of 100 people that know what they're talking about, and they should be there. Because when you have the fans voting in, that's exactly why Wiggins is a starter. You know what I mean? In the all-star game. It's exactly why stuff like that happens. When I'm going to stand up for Wiggins, because that's been a big topic, the offensive numbers are pretty damn solid. He's averaging 18 points per yeah, game. Yeah, he's, he's having a great season. But, but I mean, what people a, aren't all-star. realizing is how great this man has been playing on defense this year. And when you look at the small forward position, LeBron James is a four now. Kevin Durant plays the three or the four, but he's in the Eastern Conference. So who's left in the West that's a small forward that's comparable? Paul George is hurt. Kawhi Leonard's yeah. out for the year. Brandon Ingram's missed significant time. I think Andrew Wiggins deserves this all-star spot. Maybe not as a starter, but he deserves it. Yeah, I think so, too. I, it, just a starter was what it was like, what kind of surprised me a little bit. But I think what they do is they base it off the positions that they play because DeMar DeRozan's been a three. Yeah. LeBron James has been playing as the four. That's, where I, that's what I think is coming about with this. Did Jason Tame get a starter slot, Kyle? Nope. I don't think so. I don't, I don't believe so. You're so sick with your Celtics this year, aren't you? You're so bring and, up. and it brings me joy because what did you do with all those picks? Nothing. <laughs> and what did you do with the three stars you have on Brooklyn? Shut up. It's year two. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Tatum did not get a, uh, a start. <laughs> Durant, Giannis, Joel, Trey, and Damar. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Say that again for the East. Say that again. Uh, it is Kevin Durant. Go on with the rest. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Understandable. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Trey Young. And ex-Raptor DeMar DeRozan. Huh? Pause, pause, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Surprised by Trey Young? No, dead air. Yes, dead air, dead air. James Harden, 23 points per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, 10.1 assists per game. Trey Young. Oh, I almost cussed. I almost cussed. And that brings us back to why the fans should not vote. It should be a panel of people that know what they're doing. Trey Young, Trey Young, dead air. Dead air. 27 and a half points per game, four rebounds a game, 9.2 assists. Yeah, he should be there. What's Trey Young averaging? That was, that was Trey Young's on numbers, or is that uh, Harden's? Trey Young's. You guys continue. I got to go. I gotta- Those are pretty good numbers. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's just slightly different. A little bit more points, a little bit less rebounds. Yeah. 
But that's right before you. No, I mean Trey Young is probably just he's probably a better player. I'm sorry, I, I I had to bang my wall, my head in the wall like six times to make sure that I'm on planet Earth and I'm not in a dream. I was just saying that uh, that James Harden kind of sucks anyway, so I guess it kind of makes sense that uh, you watch your damn manners. <laughs> that Trey Young made it over. <laughs> I don't know where I talked about it. It's, so, it's somewhere way over there, but my God, that's what I mean with the fans, man. It's ridiculous. Probably in the trash with the Nets uh, title hopes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that one in there. Real yeah, quick. probably in the made... trash with your trash headset on your head. How about that? Hey, it's still working. Could be better. Could be worse. Yeah, it is. Oh, trash. Oh, you know what? I'm a him. Where it really hurts, Zach. Trash like the Bruins against the St. St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Calling Gloria. Gloria. Uh, trash like the Damn. Maple Leafs against the Bruins. I, I'm I'm just. Yeah, see, I started being just... a Leafs fan last year, so now you're attacking Zach. That not hurt me, me, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's call, ha, has to get something. Uh, it didn't bother me there. That bothered Zach. <laughs> you can see the pain on Zach's I, face right now. I remember. <laughs> I remember being at because uh, every playoffs they have Maple Leaf Square here in Toronto, where you it's like the oh, yeah. outdoor area I, where they have like thousands of fans go. Yeah, oh, God bless you standing out in that freezing cold. There's no heaters, I bet, out there. Please no, tell me you weren't there for the Bergeron overtime goal. Yep, yep. I was you're... there for game seven when they when they lost. They were at 4-1 <laughs> with 10 minutes left, and the whole place was going bananas. We're all having a great time. Dude, I swear to God, when that overtime goal went in, that you you just it was silence. There's grown men crying their eyes out. I get on the go train to go home, and there's some guy in a Boston jersey just running his mouth. And mm. I just see this guy get honestly don't even know if he's alive. That's how bad he got beaten <laughs> on that train ride going home. Well, so, I mean, at that point, you're kind of asking for, you know, yeah, you know, he's, he, he was like really drunk. You know, he's, he's like, yeah, just cheering in Leaf fans faces. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's 15 Leaf fans kicking a Boston guy down right there. That's Toronto United. <laughs> Jeez. Oh God! Well, Fred Van Vliet, you think should be an All Star? What's his numbers like, Zachary? Do you have his numbers? My phone's like um, from into like Wisconsin. I was looking at him earlier today. I believe it was something like twenty-two points per game. Uh, let me just actually hold this up. Okay, so Fred Van Vliet stats: twenty-one point seven points per game, seven assists, four point seven rebounds. So he's not that far off of Trey Young. Why isn't he a damn starter too then? Maybe it's just the points per game, I guess. But I, I you know, guess. it's also fan votes, a Toronto Raptor. Toronto's not exactly the most popular team in the States, I'd have to assume. Oh, no. Sure. Basketball's not the most popular sport in Canada. So I know everyone says Raptors is Canada's team, but it's probably not a lot of people in, in Yellowknife and Nunavut and and – Winnipeg and all these places that are watching the Toronto Raptors play basketball, I'd have to assume. I bet a lot of people in Vancouver don't watch the NBA since they got rid of the Grizzlies over there. Yeah, exactly. So there's, or they might, they would probably cheer for, I don't know, maybe, I guess it's really not too many. Seattle's on a team anymore, so they wouldn't wouldn't have a team that's very close to them. No, they should move the Wizards to Seattle because that fan base is like non existent. How how empty their arena is is pretty Uh, actually. Going back into um, uh, this one thing I forgot to mention with the hockey is I don't know if you've heard about the uh, the Arizona Coyotes because they've had you told me incredible. with the stadium issues and yeah. all that 
Yeah, how they're planning on moving to a 5,000-seat arena for the next four seasons. Yeah, and see what Brad Marchand said to that? Yeah. The comment he put, that was the most Brad Marchand <laughs> he's like, ever. He's like, well, them to get 5,000 tickets, they have to hand out 43 or 4450 or something like that, 4450 like, So it won't be much of a difference for their crowd. And he's actually right. I mean, their average attendance is probably under 5,000, and it's an 18,000-seat arena. Jesus. Well, they got – they got screwed because they built their arena like 45 minutes out of downtown. It's like in like a suburb, like country area of Scottsdale. So to get to the games is like a complete pain. That's just this poorly run franchise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're just, I mean, they're exactly, they're a terrible hey, team. Like we're, we're, de- we're desperate here in Connecticut, man. Zach, I'm sorry, but if the Whalers ever came back, I'm jumping ship. I've been begging for the Whalers for years now. Give me the well, Whalers. Hell. I, oh, think I, know not. <laughs> I think if they're going to bring any sort of uh, if they're going to move an NHL franchise anywhere, it's probably going to be Quebec. Is my guess. Why you have like six different teams up there? Well, Quebec's been asking for a team for a while, and they oh. got a full NHL arena ready for it. Yeah, you got to bring back the Nordiques, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I think. Anyways, if it's if if it's going to happen, it'd be Arizona because they're pretty much the only team. Like Florida was that team a little bit back in the day, but now they're so good. They're, they don't have a problem with selling out anymore and they're going to be good for a while. That team. And whatever I tried, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess that basically concludes our NBA talk is my venting of James Harden, like <laughs> Kyrie and everything that's going on with my life. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I could be a <clears throat> Celtics fan. No, Oof. So at least we're not choking away with a good trio. We're talking about it was one and a half. It was Kevin Durant, half a leg, James Harding, Giannis snapped Kyrie's ankle. Yeah, don't suck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I got a response for you once we get off of here. But uh, MLB really quick because it's been announced that David Ortiz has been elected to the Hall of Fame. And in the final years of eligibility, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds are not in the Hall of Fame. Boo. Yeah, boo, boo the crap out of that. Let me tell you something. Barry how, Bonds, at the fact he's on the Hall of Fame is just is ridiculous. How hypocritical is the MLB? Because although, although it, it looks like Barry Bonds did do steroids, Clemens they don't have evidence of, and he went to federal court, and he was found not guilty of taking steroids. David Ortiz was accused of steroids, and the Red Sox hid that with saying that he took vitamins. Yeah. And and here's my thing. David Ortiz 100% deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think the amount of votes that he got, what was it, like 78% or like eight, barely 80%, I think is outrageous. I think David Ortiz should have been over 90%. He, he was a part of the reason why Babe Ruth's curse is no longer, why the Red Sox won three titles and arguably could have won four in his final year, where his final year, he had like 38 home runs and 100 RBIs. And once Edgar Martinez got in, because the whole thing was because, you know, some of these people who vote are still 90 years old using their cane to walk yeah. and fill out their ballot. Um, the designated hitter, you must play on the field. Shut the hell up, grandpa, grandma. Designated hitter is a position as far as I'm concerned. And I hope that after this lockout that the National League will permanently have the designated hitter going forward because I'm sick and tired seeing first and second in the game on the line and there's a pitcher at the batter's you know, batting, you know, 
not everybody's Madison Bumgarner, Zach Greinke, or Stroman. Anyways. David David Ortiz was the face of, like, one of the biggest franchises in baseball. But the reason why I say it's hypocritical is because the reason they voted David Ortiz is because he's a lovable guy. 100%. He's a lovable guy. Barry Bonds didn't talk to the media much, and do you blame him? Do you blame him? How can you tell the story of baseball in your Hall of Fame with a guy that had the most home runs in his career, the most MVPs, and the highest percentages on base, slugging, batting average, whatever, with how high everything was? The dude got intentionally walked with the bases loaded during a game. Okay, how do you tell that story? And then Roger Clemens, the guy who's won the most Cy Young Awards, more than Nolan Ryan. How do you tell that story without him being in the Hall of Fame? I'm not. You know, the thing I don't understand is, I mean, I understand like, you you know, you shouldn't take steroids, but I think it'd make baseball a little more fun. There it is. You know, that's what Barry Bonds saved baseball. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa saved baseball. Baseball, even now, is a dying sport. We try too many different things. We try the runner on second base bull crap that's out of the league. Thank God. We're trying a pitch clock that in the minor leagues. That's a piece of crap, if you ask me. We, we limited mound visits where now you only get like five or six of them. Um, you, you put up four fingers for the intentional walk. I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone like Gary Sanchez almost take one deep to center field his rookie year. Miguel Cabrera getting an RBI off the intentional walk, you know? They yeah. tried too much different crap, and it's disgusting. And one more thing. We live in a world of sports gambling now, right? Mm-hmm. You still mm-hmm. can't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Charlie Hustle? The epitome of baseball? The guy who literally gave it his all every time he was on the field? And as a manager, he went to the game as a manager to get a base hit. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, he, they all need to. They all need to be in. But you know, baseball is probably the most stuck in their ways sport that there is. And I think you guys are in the same boat as me. You guys don't think that Alex Rodriguez will get into the Hall of Fame either? Hell, if Barry Bonds didn't get in, yeah. <laughs> and the thing I'd be with surprised. and the thing with A Rod too. I, I I listen to the Michael K show religiously, essentially. He was never found guilty for taking steroids. He never tested positive. There were a bunch of false positives Rob Manfred announced a couple years ago. A-Rod was on that list for false positives. He didn't test positive for steroids. He missed a whole... He missed 162 games. We're talking about a guy who used to average 35 home runs a game. He finished with 696 career home runs. He could have had 731 home runs right now, for all we know, and passed Babe Ruth and would only trail Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds. 35 home runs a game. That's pretty impressive. A season. (laughs) Not be impressed. Whatever. I'm on my rant. I went on my rant. My brain's not in the right place. Leave me the hell alone. But but I wonder, though, it was since A-Rod does um, one of the – I forgot what the broadcast for what, what, you know, that he does for baseball, but he did something in baseball. Maybe like cleaned up, maybe like clean, like people start liking him a little bit, a little bit more, maybe because I feel like on that he's actually not all that bad. He's actually pretty, you know, well, nice he, to lot, like he, listen to. He lost a lot of people when he started to come out with his own little makeup for men. Oh, yeah. 
I, I listen, unless I'm on TV, because I got a face for radio, I'll be brutally honest. I got a oh, face for we radio. We know that. We know that. You shut your damn pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll put on the makeup I have. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, moral of the story here is the guy who has 762 home runs. The other guy has the most. Oh, and Kurt Schilling deserves to be an all-star too. Like I the get. He... My English. Your brain is just rattled today. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, Kyle, because I just feel like a dunce right now. Yes, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But because of his comments, it's what held him out with the Hall of Fame. Yep. And then you saw the stat with Rerons. I know I'm going to get this wrong because I don't have it in front of me, but I should. I saw a picture. It's like his on base percentage. I was just going to say this too. Yeah. So, what? Because you had, do you have if, it in front of you? It, it was if you take away all of his home runs, he still has a higher on base percentage than David Ortiz's career on base percentage. If you took away all 700, whatever, how many home runs he had? 762. Yeah. His on base percentage would still be higher than David Ortiz's career, career on base percentage. Yeah. And then where supposedly he started to, to do steroids, allegedly, his he had a whole thing career before that. Anyway. 494 home runs prior to the allegations. Yeah. So it's like before he, we all know he was a Hall of Famer. If you just go back and look at the stats, that screams Hall of Fame. 40, 40 guy, 40 home runs, yeah. 40 stolen bases, him and A-Rod both. Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, it was just like insane. I mean, like kind of like you, you said, even if he did do steroids, Hell, it made it, it so much the fun. Story, it, it's the story of baseball there. Yeah. He, he and Sosa yeah. McGuire are yeah. the story of baseball when it comes to steroids. How do you not at, have that in yeah. there? At most, he would get one. They have Ty Cobb bat. in there. Are you guys aware of how much of a douchebag Ty Cobb is? No. But we still celebrate this man because what he did in the early 1900s, and he was. I never even heard of this guy before, to be honest with you. Yeah, but yeah, but with Barry Bonds, if he got one, he got one pitch to hit per at bat, and a lot of times it was going four fifty. That's just that's Hall of Fame, right? Then listen, not everybody can be like Derek Jeter. You know what I mean? Derek Jeter was great baseball player, and he was great off the field, and his character was amazing. Not everybody can be Derek Jeter, and that's what these writers need to get through their head. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not everybody could be a Jeter, a Mariano. A Ken Griffey. It's just not possible. Sure. So I think it was really missed here by baseball. And not to mention, too, how much do you think they mooched off of Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens throughout the years? Oh, yeah. They made money, money for days. <laughs> you know they do. Yeah. They do, did, and forever will. <laughs> well, yep. that's all we got basically to talk about. Um, if we want to recap the show, I had probably three rants in the show. Mm -hmm. I probably misused a lot of things. Probably I would say an average of nine times. And uh, you, you Zach, Kyle, you guys killed in the hockey talk. I got to say it was, I learned a lot. That was fun. Talking some hockey. Um, You know, so I'm glad to know that Kyle really loves some hockey because now I know who to bring on. Once the playoffs come around, Zach, we'll be looking to have you back in the podcast because I know uh, you'll be ready to do so. Yeah, sounds good to me, man. Whenever, uh, whenever I get the call, definitely. And you can I always, you can always call me. And hell, you should meet up with Kyle in the, the Hockey Hall of Fame if Kyle gets to go. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Great. That's not too far from me at all, actually. 
Yeah. Be there in about two months. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully we're open up by then. No one already exactly, exactly. Lockdown. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Toronto Canada Zone, Zach Roden. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming Thank on, you. my friend. And uh, again, you're always welcome. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who did watch on this Twitch, I think there was a total of like four people. I appreciate those four people more than you will ever know. Uh, thank you for joining in. And for those listening to the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about us. And yes. with that being said, along to my co-host, Kyle, I'm your host, Robbie Clark, with our guest, Zach Rohn. Thank you for listening to the Sports Cave presented by Retro Sports Network.